Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Connecting to the big show. In that's an interesting story isn't it in the news about all those people who didn't turn up in court yesterday uh, where they had been summoned for not paying their television license I just hope that that doesn't end off being worse for them because if you don't turn up for something like a parking fine that parking fine can go through the roof so you'd hope that anyone who decided yesterday oh I couldn't care less now about RT and I couldn't care less about my television license and I just hope that anybody who didn't turn up in a courtroom uh, for that won't regret it hopefully not hopefully not but things have a habit of working out the way you don't want them good morning uh, they're calling this <laughs> this is a new one on me I have to admit Barbenheimer Day so happy Barbenheimer Day to you it has nothing to do with barbecues by the way no it is to do with the release on the same day into the cinemas of Barbie and Oppenheimer the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie more on that a little bit later on but Happy Barbenheimer Day to you. Go up now to walk up to the first person you see in the office or the shop 
or, or walking out with the dog and say to them, Happy Barbenheimer Day. And the thing is, if they know what you mean, then they're kind of more hip than you or me. <sighs> Good morning. It's Friday. Things can happen. All sorts of things can happen on a Friday. Let's check back in, though. This time yesterday, we were signing, we were waiting yesterday for kickoff in Sydney. And when we signed off yesterday at midday, it was halftime. And our girls had, they held their own. They'd more than held their own. They'd played really well in the first half to hold Australia scoreless at the first half. And hopes were high that, you know, we'd get the draw, which would have been a fantastic result. It all went wrong when a penalty was conceded and, you know, the rest. Eileen Ring from the uh, Three Other Amigos podcast. I watched that last night. It, w- it was a clumsy way to concede a penalty, wasn't it? Good morning. Morning, PJ. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I feel for her because yeah. that's football, and I think she's an attacking player, and she's probably in a position of the pitch where she's not maybe used to being, and, and it's it's just clumsy. And look, that's football. Mistakes happen. I don't think there was probably three or four errors in the lead up to it as well, and yeah, um, yeah it's clumsy, and it's it's a shame the way way it ends. But um, I certainly I like didn't think afterwards that I'd be so disappointed that we hadn't come out with it with a draw because it would have been a fair result. Because I think once they scored, we kind of the management took our shackles off and left the, our players attack. Mm. Um, and you can see what we're capable of when we do that, which is, I think, from a, a fan's point of view, is probably the most frustrating part of it. Like, just take the shackles off. You're in the World Cup now. Like, you have nothing to lose. There's a group there to be qualified from. So, like, we have, like, two world-class players that would start in any team, and Denise and Katie, and yes. just let them go and let them attack, you know. And I, I think... Canada and Nigeria drew nil all now this morning so I mean the group is so wide open we have to get a result on Wednesday That's an interesting result actually from this morning it does leave it wide open I, I noticed what you said because I watched the second half back again yesterday and towards the end I think I think the, the Australians were, were happy when they heard the final whistle because the pressure that we managed to put on them in the last 10 minutes to try to get that equaliser that was a great display yeah, it was brilliant. But as I said, I don't think we should be waiting until we're one 0 down to come out to to let players free oh, no, to do no, that. No, 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 no. Um, do you know? I mean, that's I think that's the big thing, and I think it needs to be parked now that this is our first World Cup, and aren't we great for being there? That needs to be parked now yeah. because there's a chance to qualify, and you could see the players themselves afterwards. They know that. They know yesterday there was a result there for the taking, and look, it just didn't it didn't work out. But look, hopefully against Canada, we we might see as I said the shackles off a little bit from from. The yeah. get go and a bit more of an attacking display for, from kickoff. You'll, you'll allow anyone to be a little bit starstruck on your first match in, in a World Cup, and and maybe like you said, the, the, sh- the shackles are on for 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 too long. Wednesday at one o'clock. Now the match this morning, uh, the, the the draw that that does throw it wide open. Did you see anything in that match this morning that? we could maybe capitalise on? Yeah, I think, like, I watched a bit of it back there earlier on in Canada's midfield, I think, are there for the taking. Now, they had Jessie Fleming, who, who wasn't playing this morning due to an injury. I don't know if she'd be back. Um, but look, I suppose this is probably, it'll be a very interesting game because Ireland and Canada are very alike and, and they're both very hard to score against, but they also both find it very hard to score themselves. Mm. So, um It'll kind of be an interesting, it'll be a very different game to the Australia game in terms of how Canada play. And 
I just I, I think the Australia game will have given our girls an awful lot of confidence as I said once they got into that attacking mold and hopefully that Vera allows that to happen I think um, I understand she has her way of playing as I said yesterday it's been really really successful for us mm. but now we're there and I said just let them go and attack let, let Katie that little bit further forward let Denise a little bit further forward um, and I, I think we could see really exciting things happen mm. Go do what you know how to do yeah, very much so, yeah. yeah. Very we, didn't, much. we didn't work this hard to be here for you not to do what you know how to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, and look, as I said, you could see that with all the players afterwards. Like, they, they know themselves. So I think that's that's the most important thing. But as I said, it has to come from management. And if you're going to, as I said, kind of keep them almost on a leash until suddenly you need to score, then then that is an issue. But said, I have an awful lot of faith in, in that squad and in the ability of some of our players. Like, so... I see no reason why we can't come out of this group and especially with, with, with the way that Canada-Nigeria game went now, it's, it yeah. just leaves it wide open. Is there a need to win one of the next two games, Eileen? Yeah, I think if, if you draw against Canada, and you have to bear in mind, Canada are the Olympic champions. Yes. I mean, they're, an excellent, they're an excellent side and very experienced at this level. Um, but if, if you get a draw against Canada and you go to, and, and beat Nigeria, I think that that's enough to see you through because I think Australia will beat the Nigeria and Canada. Um, so I think if you get a draw, I, but I, I, they will need to win a game, all right. I think. Yeah, I, I Australia think. and Canada could be the group decider, could it not? Yeah, yeah, I suppose it, it could be. And like the thing is that if Australia win, they're probably through. But the other side of that is you don't, you're, they're suddenly not going to rest a load of players against Canada because you want it to work a cup and you want to build momentum. They'd be looking to bring Sam Kerr back in for the last group game. So, like it is going to come down to the to the last day, so I think a result on Wednesday keeps that alive for us. Um, going into the Nigeria game the following Monday, then it's one at one o'clock Wednesday is kickoff, isn't it? Yeah. Our time. Yeah, and like if I could do one thing Go when on. I'm here is to urge businesses in Cork. There's not a flag nor bunting to be seen around the city or county. It's so disheartening. Do you like, know what, Eileen? You're right about it's very, that. It's really, really poor. Like just get out, and even I see pubs saying we're showing the game. But throw an old tricolour outside, throw a bit of bunting up, supermarkets, get it in, get it up. It's just, I just thought, like, maybe I was a bit naive thinking we'd be seeing kind of Italia 90, 2002 World Cup levels. But, like, it's it's really well, poor. But like, there's thing, the thing, Eileen, why, why shouldn't poor. we see that? I could remember yeah. Italia 90 and I remember the, the 2002. There wasn't a window that wasn't painted. There was bunting everywhere. You're right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, look, and as I said, with women's sport, we, we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. And I think this is probably case in point. But like, look, City Council could, could have Patrick Street decorated there very easily and they could get it done over the next couple of days. Like just a couple of flags, just something like we've two Cork girls in that squad. Saoirse Noonan is another Cork girl who, who was very unlucky not to be out there, but played a huge role in getting us there. So just get out and support them now for the next couple of weeks. Um, because I've no doubt in the Rugby World Cup starts in a few weeks, the flags will be everywhere. So look, get them up a little bit early if they want to look at it that way. But I would urge businesses and, and places to just decorate the places instead of flag and a bit of bunting. It just makes a big difference, I think. Do you know, Eileen, that's a fabulous way in which to finish uh, because you're right. You're so right. there. It almost looks as if there's nothing happening except the odd old soccer match in Australia that we might be involved in. They're not. That, that's yeah. that's you're, you're dead right. You're absolutely right. And and two fantastic Cork players in the team. Eileen, worth thinking about. Thank you very much, Eileen Ring from the women's. Or the, the three the three other amigos. I always struggle with that. The three other amigos podcast. There's a thing now to you. There's the there's the challenge put up to the shops 
and the offices and the businesses and the homes. Now, I imagine there's green, white and gold all over, not Tahini, as there would be for Denise. But let's get the colours up over the next few days. Next match is one o'clock Wednesday. Let's get the colours up. Let's get the photos of the colours up and let's support them. 0818969696. One down, beaten in the first one. Just two more to go with that draw this morning. Very significant. There's a lot of playing in this World Cup yet. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. I'm the fella in the afternoons that plays the best tunes from this lot. Hi, this is Taylor Swift. Hey, I'm Dermot Kennedy. Hi, I'm Lizzo. I'm also the guy that's just always dishing out the best prizes on the radio in Cork. This is amazing. I'm actually so happy. Thank you so much. You made my day. Midday to four, make sure you've got the radio on and make sure you're with me. Simon, how are you? How's it going? Fantastic after receiving this one, Cork. Yeah. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. on Corks 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96 FM. We've talked about the shortage of doctors so many times over the last weeks and months. We know the problems that exist in South Dock and Fromoy at the moment. That's a story we'll follow. We spoke to Dr Fiona down in West Cork. So busy was she that she had to work the last day of her holidays remotely from Italy because there was no one to cover for her. That's that side of it. The other side of it is people trying to get to see a doctor. Liz, you're trying to get to see a doctor at the moment. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, I um, I was trying to see my doctor over the last, maybe about a week ago. Right. Now, I did have an appointment for blood tests. So I rang two days previous just to see when I was doing my blood test, is it possible that I could see a doctor because I was a bit unwell? Yeah. And they said no because they were too busy and usual. So I said, that's fine. So I went down to get my blood test done. And on the day that I arrived to get my blood test done, I was in the waiting area and there wasn't one person there. So I was there about 10, 15 minutes. So I went up and approached the receptionist, which is a lovely lady. And I said, look, I said, is there any chance? Because I was unwell, as I said, for a few days previous. I said, um, can I just see the doctor? I said, I won't take up literally two seconds of his time. She said, no, 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 no. We're too busy. We're too busy. I said, I'm here. He said, 15 to 20 minutes. I said, there's not one person there. I said, even a phone call, I said, will do me. I said, I don't even have to think because I knew what I needed anyway. So she said, no, you couldn't believe it. No, just because there's nobody there doesn't mean. I said, look, I'm in here for the last 15, 20 minutes and there's not one person there. And no. So you're in no an way, empty I, waiting room and the receptionist is telling you can't see the doctor because they're too busy. Yes, the appointments, they were booked out for appointments. But I said, there's nobody there. I'm here. No, that's have to happen to me two or three times there. And this is your it's own doctor, now, a, Liz. You're not just trying to, you're not trying right. to get on the books of a practice. This is your own doctor. No, no, no. I've been dealing with the same doctor for years, but this is not the first time it has happened. Wow. Now, do you know what it is, PJ? I personally think myself, like, they still blame the COVID for everything. 
if you're trying to get through, like I'm a regular patient myself up in the CUH as well with the oncology team and stuff above. And even if I'm trying to change appointments via phone calls, if I'm trying to ring, we said the receptionist in the CUH, there's not a hope you could even reach the receptionist in the CUH. It could take me three or four days just to change an appointment to try to get onto them. Then eventually, if I do, I'm trying to get onto my oncologist um, secretary. Right. Now, I'm a patient with them for the last 10, 11, 12 years, and not once did I ever actually even speak to the receptionist as always I leave a message there because I can never catch her on the phone. No, she's only there two days a week, and I know the days she's there. Yeah. But I've still never spoken to that girl, and I've always had to cancel appointments to catch up for another appointment that I'm after getting, and I could never, ever reach them, never. Oncology, just you're a cancer patient, and you're waiting several X, days just X, for a call. Yes. X, okay. Yes, yeah. it's, it's just gone beyond a joke. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Absolutely crazy. There's just so many things, and I, I still think they're blaming the COVID for everything. Absolutely everything. It's, it's gone beyond a joke. I don't really think you're the first person to suspect that, you know. I really don't. Oh, no. They've gotten no. very fond of video consultations and very fond of yes. phoning you back. And yes. very fond of, I would say this straight out, if you ask for an appointment, uh, there's very much the attitude, well, could we not deal with this over the phone? Well, they've tried to tell me when I rang them first last week that it would be three to four weeks before I could speak to anybody. I said, I can't have that. I said, I cannot go another day. I said, I have to speak to a doctor. I said, I have to. And as I said, yesterday was the final day that I did get, but I was just disgusted when I was in the surgery and like in front of my own eyes, I could see there was nobody there. Mm. And then for the receptionist to say, but we're so busy. But I said, you're not now. I said, okay, if a person comes in, okay, fair enough. But I said, I'm here 15, 20 minutes. Just, and there wasn't one person came in. And a quick one question for you there. While you were sitting there in, in the waiting room, were there people going in and out to the doctor? Not one person. I could actually hear the doctor, my own doctor, on the phone inside in, uh, inside in his room. And then he came out and, as I said, I was actually going to say to him there and then, yeah. look, can you not just see have, me? Have and I said, no, I wouldn't. Because yeah. Literally, yeah, literally. And no, no. No, no. Maybe sounds... a coffee break. He was on, he was on his coffee break. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'll, get in, I'll get in trouble for this, Liz, but sometimes I wonder if medical receptionists you know, are, were, they, were they disappointed not to make the guards or something that you, you can't get past them, like, do you know? Hey, oh, no, 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 I know they're only doing their job as well, PJ, and they are because this is Some of them are very lazy, zealous, though. Some of them are fear zealous, like. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and just another thing there as well, PJ, just while I am on the phone. Another thing I did notice, as I said, because I'm a patient with COH for a couple of years anyway, like I've had umpteen tests and stuff done for different reasons. And it has happened to me on a few occasions, a certain test that I have had done to my bones and stuff got lost on the way they couldn't actually find my files. And I am still, this specific test that I'm waiting on is over a year and a half ago, and I've still not get an appointment for that. No, I am waiting to go back to see the oncology the week after next. And if they turn around and say to me that, oh, oh, we didn't realise that we, we we can't find them files, I'm waiting for this to happen again. What is it with files going missing? My young fella's file disappeared when he was moving from child services to adult services. 
And when I did a bit of digging with contacts I had in the in in the relevant hospital, Mm -hmm. it was going from one. It wasn't even going to a different room, a different floor. It was going to a different filing cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I just can't believe, like, I've noticed, as I said, because I'm very observant that way, and I did notice, like, the last few times that I have been, whatever hospital maybe, that um, the whole situation is just, it's ridiculous, like, they just don't care anymore. That's the impression you get. They just getting. don't care. Will you get to, has there been any follow-up, will you get to see a doctor at any stage? Your GP, like as in my own GP. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've seen him yesterday. Actually, oh. I, yeah, I've actually seen him yesterday. Oh, so thank God. Yeah, thank oh, God. Good. Everything I've all seen right. Him yeah. And did you say it, it to him? Like, snap. did you say it to him? Like, I was sitting out there for twenty I've minutes. Twenty minutes. Said it to him. I've said it to him, but the only thing is, he's not the originally uh, the original GP. He was just um, he was on he was on a different shift. The other doctors okay. away, as far as I know. Yeah. But I did say it to him also, and then while I was there to top it all off, I was waiting on. Results to come back as well for my cholesterol, which was urgent that I needed back. And they were in for the last three or four days. And again, this has happened umpteen times. Nobody rings me on that. Yeah. I said, so how long are the results in? He said, they're there about three or four days. I said, then why didn't somebody ring me about it? Oh, no. Again, this the same GP every time. Like, they're supposed to ring you when the, the results and stuff come in. They do go to the oncology as well, but he also gets them as well. And he is supposed to ring straight away to leave you know the results, and he never, ever, ever do. Never. I, I have to ring them, and I forget a lot of times because I have so many tests and stuff done, I forget. I but when I do think of it, then I do ring, and they were in the last three or four days, and I had to go back on medication stuff because of all of that as well. I, I wouldn't have known until I rang him. Ah, it's a pain in the neck. Liz, I wish you well. Hope the health uh, improves with you. <laughs> Thank you. 20 minutes in a doctor's waiting room, not a sinner in there. And the receptionist is going, oh no, we're so busy. Now, no one had gone in and no one had come, oh no, we're so busy. Can't even have three minutes, like, or four minutes, or five minutes, or two minutes. I'd have grabbed him coming out, doctor, doctor. I'd have done it, I would. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Back to the soccer breed. Hi, TJ, how are you? How are you? Flags okay. and bunting. Yeah, I was just agreeing there with Eileen, um, who you had on earlier. Yeah. Um, like in my housing estate here, um, which is sent in a text there to Fergal, I was saying to him off the off the line that, like in my estate here, we've had we've got more Kerry and Limerick flags out for their, their relevant All Ireland finals coming up than we would have Irish flags. Yeah. I just picked up some flags you know, the other day, um, in the the two year shop and just stuck them out into my flower pots out the front and just stuck them out the the main window upstairs and you know it was like. For what the Irish team have done for the women's um, sport in Ireland in general and for girls' soccer, um, you know, I just think as as a public, we need to be more behind uh, the women's teams. It is it is kind of disappointing to see, I suppose, a lack of, of green, white and gold around the area. I think if it was the Men's World Cup, everything would be draped in tricolours. But for Absolutely. some reason, and yesterday, bear in mind, there was nearly 80,000 people at that match. Yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't be one to, I suppose, on occasion to get choked up at the National Anthem, but I was crying watching the National Anthem and seeing the pride on, on the on the girls uh, singing it as well. So, yeah, I suppose, I mean, we're trying to, I suppose, bring along the next generation. And, like, you see the, the excitement up in Knockenheeny there recently with Denise O'Sullivan's going away party and 
Um, as Eileen said, we do have other Cork girls on the team. Um, I suppose, you know, you're right, it's probably maybe something one for the men's team and then maybe something different for the women's team. Um, and as Eileen said earlier, with the Rugby World Cup coming up, you know, yeah. there'll probably be more about that oh, as I well. No so, doubt. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the Rugby World Cup and being a rugby fan, here. a yeah. huge fan of the Irish rugby yeah. team. And I'm already, people are already planning where we're going to watch that match, what we're going to do about seeing that match. And, and places will be draped in, in colours and, and all of that. Mm. You're right, you know, you're right. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, okay, look, there is time difference between Australia and New Zealand, but... That's an excuse. There like, was also time difference in the World Cup there back November, December, and, you know, I, I'm a teacher myself, and my students would have been saying, oh, Miss, can you put on the World Cup for us? And, you know, time difference wasn't really considered then, and should really be considered here now either for the World Cup, but, so... Uh, yes, there is a time difference, but, <laughs> like... The matches are at 11 o'clock and the next two are at 1 o'clock. I, mean, I can remember the last Rugby World Cup that was down under. The matches were, were 6, six in, the seven o'clock in the morning. morning. I, was yeah. getting up, I was getting up making tea and toast at 6 in the morning to watch rugby. And I'd, yeah, have, done it for the, I'd have done it if those soccer matches were on the middle of the night as well. And no, I, I, I think we're, we're, we're letting them down a little bit. We need to get some colours out. Bree, thank you for that. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Come on, get your colours out. Uh, to, to quote... A rugby story. <laughs> Where's your effing pride? If you know rugby, you know what I'm talking about. Right, Catherine. Good morning, PJ. Hi, going to the doctor. You feel that the, the reception is... Oh, PJ, is I have a nearly... I tell you, I'm ready to... I, each time it happens... Go on. Now, not too often, but it does. I was just saying it to your researcher there. You ring the doctor. You, you hope and pray you're going to get the appointment within the two weeks. And hope that you don't die in between. Two weeks. But that's okay too. Yes. Plus the fact that it actually gives me, I tell you now, a rage. I'm asked by the receptionist my what the reason I'm ringing the doctor. So now I'm saying, or whatever it is that's wrong with me, be it personal, be it not, or whatever. Now, the next day in the community I'm living in, I could meet the receptionist in the butcher, in the shop, yeah. anywhere around. And now I'm thinking to myself, well, right, she knows I'm looking for an appointment. She knows what's wrong with me now, so here I am. Well, <laughs> she, she knows all about gone. me varicose veins. <laughs> I, I just want I tell you, varicose, all right, but they're not in my feet. <laughs> I won't say no more, Peachy. Where's the GDPR? Why, why do I have to tell a non-medical person my condition for me to speak to my doctor? That's a very good question. You'd, you'd understand if it was in a decent-sized practice, sometimes as a practice nurse. You'd understand that the practice nurse might ring you. Oh, no problem at all. It has been done. And there is a practice nurse. But I'm talking to a receptionist, a non-medical person, telling her the reason I need to see the doctor and she'll decide when and what length of time that I guess it's mm. whether it's an urgent or whether it's not. But well, I mean, you like you're right. I, I think they're there's there's that after losing out on something they wanted to be, <laughs> and they can be nasty. I tell you, they can be very nasty. They can be kind of dismissive, yeah. And you're afraid very as well. Much so. You're afraid as well that they'll meet uh, their buddy down in Duns. Come here, come here, Catherine. Was on. Joe from horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You'd, exactly. you'd be a, you, you kind, you kind of know in your heart it won't happen, 
But it could. Gee, I don't know. PJ, it could. It could. It it's could. Right. People talk. I tell you, I... I Oh my God! Oh, gee, I tell you, I I rage. I I often, and then you're afraid to say, well, you know, I I I'm not telling you, or I want to see the doctor because you might never, you mightn't get there. They, they, they they're a law. You can't get past them. They're a law amongst on, on amongst themselves. You can't get past them. Did you say two weeks to to get to a doctor? Oh Kinsley? yes. Oh no problem, Charles. Two weeks wouldn't be nothing. Sure, not a chance. if you're in pain. Uh, PJ, I had to ring South Dock last night for something, and it could have been in five minutes. I'm only away from the doctor's surgery. Ten, we'd say. Ten if I strolled. For a simple thing that I needed, mm. and I rang, and I couldn't get an appointment until next Friday week. Crikey. Right, and that, that... what was wrong with me would be well gone by then. But for yesterday... And today, and maybe for the next few days, I needed something for that particular ailment. Mm-hmm. And you have to go. To and South I had to ring South Dock last night, mm-hmm. and on ringing South Dock, which I do appreciate, fantastic, no problem. I'm telling the, the receptionist why I'm ringing. The nurse, I've no problem with, as you say, the practice nurse, and then you're telling the doctor. Yeah, you get sick of telling the story, don't you? Catherine, thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah, and it brings me to something that came up a week or two ago about Dr. 365, for example. They're usually fairly quiet. You'll see them fairly quickly. It's it's 45 quid. But if you're a medical card holder, uh, you still have to pay for it. And then, moreover, when you get issued a prescription from Dr. 365... You have to pay for the prescription as well because it's not covered on the medical card. Because South Dock is the medical card holder for... ah, It's a load of old guff, really, but it's terrible to be waiting two weeks to see your GP. Chris, back to the back to the soccer. Chris, morning. Good morning, TJ. How are you? You, were, th- you were out to watch the match, were you? I was, myself and my sister. My sister's home from America. She's 86 years of age. I'm 83, going on 84. We thought, we heard you say last week that the match was been shown on, in Turner's Cross. That was the so, plan. They were having trouble getting a screen, but that was the plan, yeah. Well, that's the plan. But, this, you know, we didn't know that. So we drove over to Turner's Cross. There wasn't a flag, not a bunting, nothing out to say that there was a World Cup going on, ladies' World Cup going on. My sister was amazed because she was here for the Italian 90. And the, I mean, as you know, the PJ, the excitement that we had that time, oh. why, there was no effort put into it. The nation was, holds its breath. I swear to God, it was a disgrace. So we went into the, we went into the grounds and... We were on our own. The whole, we had the whole stage. <laughs> Except the groundsman and the guy doing the, um, doing the, the grass. But I, I was so disappointing. We had our green, white and gold scarves and everything. But there was no one there. No one there. <laughs> Who's laughing? My sister. <laughs> What's her name? May. May. <laughs> May, yeah. But so, hang on, there was, there was no one, there was, there was a screen up, was there? No screen, no, 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 
Oh. No, no, no. I knew it wasn't going to fly. That's a fact. No, it's nothing. I was just with another Daisy Apple. But you were saying, you were saying not, not a bunting or nothing up on any of the pubs in Turner's Cross? Or businesses? No. Like. Not, even, not even town, no, you're right. You're right, actually. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I thought, oh God, we were very disappointed, really. I mean, it's a big occasion. It is. And it, it should be celebrated. Will you go out on Wednesday for the next match, one o'clock? I, I certainly will. We had, a, we had our choice this season yesterday with the whole, with the whole stadium to ourselves. <laughs> oh, Chris, I mean, thank you I for... Mean, really, I mean, really, like, people should make the effort. Yeah, they should indeed. Chris, thank you and hello, May. <laughs> Enjoy your trip home <laughs> or your stay home. 0818 And you love that here, people just laughing for the good of it at 23 minutes to 10 on a Friday morning. 0818 We'll stop down for a breather. And I was thinking after that match yesterday and after watching it back and seeing the reports in the papers this morning and seeing the attitude of the the girls afterwards and Vera's attitude. You know what'll happen? What doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Roll on Wednesday. Uh, Councillor John Maher, thank you, John, sent me on a poster for next Wednesday at Turner's Cross Stadium. Gates open at 12 for the match at 1. There will be, it's free entry, There'll be a food truck and shop open on the day. So that's Turner's Cross Stadium next Wednesday, lunchtime, for the match against Canada. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, the tiny tots in Killis, as Trays, did themselves proud. Did tremendous work uh, with the, the lads winding them up to get behind them. All the boys were as bad as the girls met for Ireland. I was impressed with the girls yesterday, says this one, this message. Amber Barrett should have come on. We needed goals. Moving the centre back up front and hoofing it up means that you're out of ideas. PJ, I wonder if you're watching the same game yesterday. I'd not consider myself an expert, but in my unprofessional opinion, the Irish ladies never looked like scoring and played second fiddle. Have a good day, says Michael. I'm no expert, Michael. It just looked to me like they were... They were... Well, pulling it up to them at certain points over. And the first half I watched here in the studio, kind of half watched over the screens, and it just they got to needle out all the half time. I'm no I'm no expert, Michael, but you know what? We'll talk them up and we'll push them and we'll boost them all we can. Um, also, says someone is this, this Michael? The amount of ball we lost from throw-ins was crazy. We only retained it a few times, one or two small things, and we'd be a far better side. Sure, couldn't just say that for everybody. That's my two cents. Coy gig, he says. We'll get out of that group. We're better than yesterday's result. I agree with Eileen. By the way, all in my estate, there were 35 houses and there are more flags up for Kerry and Limerick. Yeah, loads of messages in. On, on the two subjects we've been talking about in the last 40 minutes with regard to doctors, receptionists, knowing your business, which, by the way, goes on a hell of a lot more than you think and a hell of a lot more than people seem to like. And waiting to get to see your doctor, which can take up to two weeks, we're being told. Thankfully, I'm in sort of robust good health. I don't have to go to the doctor that often at all, thankfully. It's actually blowing me away a little bit, the number of people who are uneasy about telling the doctor's receptionist stroke secretary 
what ails them so the doctor can ring them back and give them an appointment. There's a lot of people very upset about it. I'll get back to those messages. The level of thuggery. I just want to touch upon this because we have two people fighting for their lives in hospital um, after assaults on our streets. One of them is an American man, an American tourist in his 50s. He has had what they call life-changing injuries after being knocked to the ground, punched and kicked in the head near Talbot Street in Dublin on Wednesday night around 22.11. He left his accommodation where he was gone and where he's gone. Who cares? He should have been allowed to. And he was attacked in a violent and unprovoked manner. He has eye and head injuries. And at Beaumont Hospital, they're trying to assess whether he has long-term brain injuries. Three youngsters, part of a larger gang, just randomly, feral little maggots, turned on this poor misfortunate man. That's a holiday he won't forget in a hurry. And then in Galway, early hours of Thursday morning, man is in critical condition, again viciously attacked by a gang. There's a video going around. Two people can be seen just tackling him to the ground. It's ridiculous. A woman then kicks him and then she says, get him. Oh, it's terrifying. Absolutely awful. He's in critical condition. He is also. He's in also in Beaumont Hospital. Like, that's two tourists in Beaumont Hospital after being randomly attacked in the streets. It is just... It's sickening. 0818 96 96 96. Now, scams. Scams are plenty. There's a new one every single day. And, Audrey, this one has hit your Revolut card. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks very much for taking my call. What happened? What happened is that I was waiting on a delivery, okay, uh, just a swivel cushion for my father, and I got a, a text message via um, customer charge to be paid for on post. It looked very genuine, extremely genuine. So what I did is I said, I'm very wary of my phone, transferred the email, and trans- I got details of the site, did it onto the computer. It was a site for on post very genuine site because there is even all links to to different um, things that on post do. So you didn't click the link on the phone, you went to a computer and no, opened it. I went to the, yes, I went to the computer and put in the email that was from the phone okay. and put it onto the computer. And it looked very so legit. It looked very, yes, very real. It gave all links to all the different services that on post gave. So I said, Def, definitely, this is a genuine site. Yeah. So what happened um, then? And so I said, fine. I said, because of work, I said, grand, I'll pay the, the custom charge. So I gave, uh, put in my Revolut details, put all that in, and then it said, card declined. And I said, okay. I said, please insert another card. I said, I'm not inserting another card. So what I did is I went down to the um, post um, at break time, and they said, no, it's, they said, but I said, could I pay the service charge with you? I said, my card was declined. And I said, I don't understand why. And she said, no, no. She said, wait until you get a letter in the post with um, post and we'll give you a barcode. She said, we can't do anything on our side. And I said, is my car safe? Yes. Yeah. She said, already safe. Was the person in the post office familiar with the text message you'd received? Yes, Did, no, had they said, seen them she before? Said, no, she said, pe- yeah, she said people are getting text messages, so she said, just ignore that text message. 
Okay. So that's what she said. Just ignore the text message. I said, am I okay? Is my card safe? Yeah, she said it is. And then later on that afternoon, I suddenly got messages from Revolut saying um, that money was, that money was being, that my card has been used. And I was looked at it and it was Donna's best of Vodafone. And every second there was 30 euro being taken out of my account yeah. and I, I said oh my god so I went into the the other the other girls in the office and they, they, they immediately they took my phone we tried to work out how to freeze the card we froze the card but in the meantime they took 18 transactions of 30 euro from my account so they took 240 euro from my account but no hold on a second 540, 540 euro was taken from my account 540 euro was taken from my account all within one second of each other so right. I can't contacted Vodafone but I got nowhere at Vodafone I've been over to the guards I've made a statement to the guards um, I've been doing transactions to and from with Ravilut there's no phone number to ring Ravilut it all has to be done via the text message to and from with them so Ravilut are investigating the service I had to fill out a chargeback claim form um, with them with every transaction so I'm just waiting to hear from Ravilut that's they're checking out at the moment and I think this one came up before on post do not send out text messages looking for customs but of course you didn't know that people wouldn't. I didn't know that I didn't know that no okay no Another one to watch out for. Sadly, there's almost one a day now, Audrey. I, I, I wish you luck. Let us know if you get your money back. Because okay. Revolut, in fairness to them, once they find that the customer has been scammed, their reputation is pretty good in terms of giving the money back. So he, so here's hoping that you'll be okay. Thank you for your call. Okay, thanks very much. We you for taking my call. I much appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, Audrey. No problem. There's a lot of it. A lot of it about. A lot of scams about. 0818 96 96 96. Some of the scams are things like fake Tinder accounts. I was reading in the paper last few days about Richard Satchwell. Actually, it's about six years, almost to the day, I'd say. Six years, almost to the day, since I interviewed Richard Satchwell in this very studio. It was the first radio interview he'd done since Tina went missing the previous previous March, but there's a Tinder account has been opened up in his name, and he has, he doesn't talk much in the media anymore now. Tina's been missing for six years, more than six years. Richard doesn't talk very much in the media anymore. Uh, The search still goes on. The case is still very much open and very much active, but this is a Tinder profile gone up in the name of Richard Satchwell. Pictures of him, pictures with his dogs, there's a line in it in his in the biography looking for my Tina and he's very upset by it as you would be for goodness sake it went up last weekend um, someone told Richard it was there possibly even thought it was him uh, but it's not he wants it taken down not too sure if it's been taken down taken down yet it's so easy to do that though isn't it to open a fake account that looks like someone and presents like someone and just do all sorts of, of mischief. So all someone needed was a picture of Richard and a picture of Tina. And there are pictures everywhere in the media. And a quick scan of the internet will find you pictures of either of them. And someone built up a, a fake Tinder profile. And you kind of wonder, don't you? The, 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 the platforms themselves, just how careful are they in checking out? Are you really who you say you are? Has anybody else had that happen? Um, Richard is very high profile, but if you ever had or found a fake account 
set up in your name using personal pictures and details about you. I remember years ago there was a Facebook post or a Facebook page and some nefarious person started robbing other people's headshots from Facebook and they turned up on porn sites and dirty pictures here and there and yeah very unpleasant some completely innocent people had their headshots lifted from Facebook and maybe even Instagram and Twitter and those various platforms and planked on something you wouldn't want to be associated with at all has that ever happened to you? 0818 96 96 96 voting is continuing in the best of Cork awards you can vote right up on for about two weeks' time. You can vote. Have some short lists to give you. Um, you're voting for your favourite in Best Beauty Salon, Sarah Louise Beauty, Image Beauty, The Beauty Zone, Makeup by Laura, Touch and Glow. Uh, best Breakfast would be a choice between Tony's Bistro, uh, Liberty Grill, The Barn, Lab 82, and The Spit Jack, Takeaway. Decent Munch, which I think is the best name of all time, if nothing else. Decent Munch, Golden Fry, Golden Fry, Barty's, KC's, Murphy's Chipper, Home of the Floppy Foley. <laughs> uh, best Hotel, the Maritime Bantry, the Imperial, the Kingsley, the Montanati, and the River Lee. And there's loads of them, loads of different categories. Pop on to Cork's 96FM website, 96FM.ie. Vote for your favourite and we will do the rest. And voting is open now. 0818 96 96 96. Ken Perrett would like me to mention this. It's the Premier League All-Stars 11 versus a Cork 11. And it's this Sunday coming, July 23rd at Musgrave Park. Musgrave Park. Where Davies scored against Bayern Munich. What a day that was. Don't you, dear, be very boy. It's at 2 o'clock, Musgrave Park, Sunday 23rd. Adults 15 quid, under 16s a fiver. Peter Beersley, Steve Howie, Phil Barsley, Dave Thompson and John Beresford among the Premier League All-Stars. That'll be one to see. On fighting and violence in public, uh, Dan says there was a video doing the rounds of a bare-knuckle fight in Middleton in recent days. A load of Egypts boxing the heads off one another on the Cork Road Bridge, idiotic behaviour. That's a matter for them, Dan. Idiots who certainly shouldn't be out, allowed out on their own. If they want to puck the heads off one another and, and kick each other to pieces, let them. Let them at it. They're feral fools. Let them at it. It's when they turn on innocent tourists to our capital city and to Galway. Like the man in Dublin attacked during this week who has life-changing injuries. Doctors are waiting to see if he has a permanent brain injury. Attacked viciously in Dublin. And in Galway, another man attacked and beaten and he also in Bowman Hospital. Minding minding his own business, doing nothing to nobody. Visiting the city and battered to a pulp by Feral Scots. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Woo!
two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day. I'm in love with the money. Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. Give me money. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. I'm getting money. Money. On Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. Couple of gigs yesterday and the Taylor Swift concerts selling like hotcakes and uh, the confirmation yesterday of Coldplay coming to Croke Park for two gigs in August of 2024. I see there's a gig. I will be at this one. If I have to crawl, I will be at this one. Cascada. Coming to Cork, 27th of November at Cypress Avenue. Now that's one that I want to see because I remember as a DJ that you'd, you'd wait for in the clubs you'd be waiting for the new Cascada tune for weeks and then you'd try and get the white label and you'd try and get the promo copy they were they're coming to Cork 27th September uh, Cascada at um, at Cypress Avenue we'll be looking out for that one 0818 96 96 96 while I have nice good positive stuff at, in front of me. Here's a lovely story. Do you remember a few weeks ago we were talking to Siobhan McSweeney when she was in Cork playing at the Opera House for the Midsummer Festival. She was in a Samuel Beckett play there. It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And she was astonishing in it. But but Siobhan McSweeney won a BAFTA earlier this year for Derry Girls and she was talking to me about it at the time. This in case you need to be told who I mean if you need to be told who Siobhan McSweeney played in Derry Girls Christ you know what I mean <laughs> but she talked to me at the time about that moment and what it was like I still can't believe it it seems it, it, it was something I, I always wanted when I was a, a, a little girl and sort of wanting to be an actor and mm. you know it was a p- pretty spectacular moment, I'm not going right. to lie. You had, it looked like you had the speech already written. Well, when I got nominated, it was so unexpected that I made a promise to myself. The sort of natural inclination is to sort of um, undersell yourself and sort of to to put the head down and go, oh, sure, I don't care, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that, that would have been a lie. And I vowed to myself to enjoy every moment and every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the aspects of it, one of the sort of great joys of being nominated is that if you win, you get to thank all the people who have and give credit to so many people that have helped you along the way. So, yeah, damn right I had a script written. Otherwise, it would have been three or four minutes of me going, uh, 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 which is very boring. She was great fun. She was. The dress that she wore at the BAFTAs, red, you could see it from space. It was fabulous. Vinyl, red, patent vinyl. Fabulous, fabulous gown, to use the posh word. That is being raffled now. She's raffling that with all proceeds going to Marymount. Uh, it's on her social media. Just look up her social media. You can buy the tickets for €20 Euro with all proceeds going to Marymount, which is fantastic. 0818 96 96 96. Not so fantastic, Gillian, is the story 
that you have to tell me a very heartbreaking situation that you have come across involving an, an elderly lady. Good morning to you. Hi, how are you? Hi, tell me about this lady that you've come across or you've heard about. I came across, it's not the first time I've come across a post on social media. Or, um, basically, people are crying out for help and they're putting up lists of shopping that they don't have food. It's either a choice between food or heating. Yeah. And it's not, I think the only reason I got on to you is because it hasn't been the first time I've seen a post like this in recent months. It's been continuous and I feel that this country is on its knees and there's no help given to people. And it's local groups like active kindness groups are the people that are helping the people in need. It's, I mean, it's out of control at this stage and something yeah. needs to be done. Where, where did you see this particular post? It was an act of kindness page in Cork City. Okay. okay. Yeah. Dreadful. Um, and and such. Uh, if I, I... it's heartbreaking to think that people are on their knees and they're having to resort to anonymous posts on social media to get the help, and there is no help for these people. I mean, our government have let these people down on their. You know, they're not helping them. Mm. They'll help. I mean, we're a very good nation to help the world, but when it comes to charity at home. It's it's like these groups are the only only charity that are you know there's not any help out there for them yeah. unless it's in local groups on social media which is actually shocking. She has been honest, paying her bills know? like the rest of us yeah. have to like everybody has to. Yeah. She's been paying paying her bills, yeah. Um, but having paid all her bills, she now has no money left for food, not even the most simple mm-hmm. basic weekly shop. Bread, I mean, these are the necessities in life. Yeah, sugar, milk, butter. Yeah. She put up a little, a little list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did contact the um, the lady in the Act of Kindness page. I'm waiting for a reply because I was saying if I can do something myself, you know, even a bit of food, I will try to, you know, mm-hmm. help. I'm a bit away from this lady, the area, but I did see in my own area, I actually messaged Jane last night that there was a lady actually starting to do a group, a food basket, and I've also messaged them in regarding, there's, you know, it's I think it's every Sunday now that mm. you drop a box of food and so the people would post anonymously if they're in need and that you would help out these people. Look, it mightn't be much, but for those people, it means an awful lot. It's a case of, of starving or not starving. Starving, do you know what mm. I'm saying, PJ? F- like, it's actually, I was, yeah. yeah, yeah, food is an essential, and nobody should feel that they should be in this situation, not in this day and age, yeah, you know. And that's why I feel the government needs to start doing more, they start need to start helping people more, you know, mm. especially people that are in this situation. And it's the cost, I mean, Ireland is one of the, the you know, the most expensive countries, as we all know, in the EU. Yeah. And the costs are rising every day. I see it myself. I have four children, and like even with the back to school, I'm already freaking out of the costs that we like. I mean, yeah. I have a lad going to first year, and I spent last week just under three hundred euro on one child for his books for going to secondary. Yeah, I mean we yeah, are. I mean it is outrageous. I was reading statistics here a few weeks back. Um, we are mm-hmm. way, way, way ahead in terms of cost of living. Yeah. For most things. It's ridiculous. 
for most things. But you and know what? We, I think as a nation, we're a very kind nation and we're very, like, we all have a heart. And I think if we feel like we might be in a bad, we might be struggling ourselves, but at the same time, if it's only, a, you know, one or two items in, you know, in a box, you would do it because you will help anybody who's in a bad, like nobody wants to see anybody in this situation, do you mm. know? And I feel like more should be done. Like oh, I was even thinking like, even if the local supermarkets could have one area that you could just drop off one or two items and then in the end they could have even an ominously a time that people could collect this box of food so they wouldn't be known do you know what I'm mm. saying this is what we just do we do that at Christmas way. time with the Lions Club Christmas food appeal all the supermarkets yeah. do it and they give out hampers and all that but mm-hmm. it's gone now from being hasn't it Gillian it's gone beyond it it's it gone from be being a, a time it has yeah. to be a daily it, it's all year yeah. round now you know and it's very easy it's for all me year round. to yeah. say and, and for Fergal to say to you look where is this lady because we have the contacts mm-hmm. like I know that yeah. you know Sharon mm-hmm. at Feed Cork for example is and a good people are embarrassed and, and to be seen sort, and that's why they're posting in ominous right. yeah, no. you can sort them but the point you're making is yeah. we shouldn't have to be doing this we shouldn't be doing this and we've been let down we've been let down our people have been let down in Ireland I mean this government are a let down to the nation because if they if they were genuine and if they really want to fix the problems there's other problems in other countries being fixed, but the problems are getting worse in our own country. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's mm. nothing being fixed. It's been, it's it's getting worse. It's declining daily. I mean, people are in dire situations and it's something drastically needs to be done, do you yeah. know? Yeah. Now, w- will you be able to on. help her? Yeah. You made contact. I mean, if I can... I have made contact. I'm waiting for a reply. If I can help with regarding a little bit of food or, you know, in, to help in that sense, of course I'll help. And the same in my own area, I got on to the lady who put, there was a post put up about um, organising food for people in, in our local area. And I think if it was in every, t- at the moment, it's going to have to be every town and village in the country will have to start doing this food basket or even a box. And if we if we could get shops to come on board that we could drop even a box of food and like put up a, a list of items that could, people stuff. could collect them. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah that yeah. you could collect. It has to be, it's, as you said, the Lions Club, in fairness to them, they do it at Christmas, but it's going to have to be daily, be, mm. you know, for people in need because nobody... And Vincent de Paul do stuff all, all year round. I mean, if you saw, and yeah. you, I, 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 don't, I don't suppose you have, but if you did, if you saw the warehouse that they have out there, mm-hmm. out out in the North Point Business Park. It's enormous. And Vincent de Paul, really? yeah. yeah, Kate, Durant, they're amazing Durant, in fairness they'll, to them. They'll they go wherever the stuff, but there's just but so they many can, people. They have there. a deadline as well, yeah. PJ. Like they can only do so much as well. That's why we're saying the government now needs to also come on board and they need to do more to protect people. And they need to, they what, should what never kind of be things do you think food or heating. What kind of they should give maybe food vouchers. I don't know. Like there'll have to be caps on the electricity because we're still paying very high costs for electricity. There's going to have to be more done because it's a case of I've heard people saying it's a choice of okay, if you even for cooking, people are batch cooking now. You know, three meals instead of doing one because of the heating cost, they can't afford to cook several days in a row. It's gone to that stage. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know. Yeah. I did hear recently of someone who was mm-hmm. getting up in the middle of the night to use cheaper overnight electricity to do all yeah. of the cooking and freeze it for the kids. Yeah. For a week. Now, look, it's a very practical way of doing things. You shouldn't have to, mm-hmm. though, should you? It is. 
You should. Now, we're in the summer months, no, PJ? Exactly. And when you see these anonymous posts put up, you know? It's, uh, mm. Heat or eat. You think heat or eat comes in December, mm. January, February. You but this is heat the, or eat in That's the worrying part, especially July, with like. the eviction bans lifted. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, already we're seeing homelessness increasing because of the eviction bans after being lifted. And this is the summer months and people are putting up an ominous post for looking in dire situations, looking for food. I mean, what's going to happen in the wintertime? Yeah, do you know, that's why we need to act now, do you know? It doesn't bear thinking. Yeah. Look, help can be found for this lady if, if it's needed. And I, I'm, mm-hmm, of course, help yeah. can be found, yeah. food can be found. Mm-hmm. And if you're, yeah. if you're talking to her, she makes contact with you. Just be yeah. assured, help mm-hmm. will be found. She'll get, she'll mm-hmm. get her food. That get, that can all be organised, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah. it's, it, mm-hmm. it's the fact that she's one of many. But it's a long-term plan, isn't it, PJ, yeah. you know? She's one of many. Yeah. She's she is, and that's why something will have to be, like the government will have to do something drastically to make sure that there's not any more added to this, you know, scenario. That there's people who won't have to be posting up on social media looking for food supplies like, this is ridiculous, you know. Yeah, yes, yes, mm. yeah, yeah. All right, thank you, Gillian. Uh, 0818 There's loads of those. This someone who put up a post... They've paid their bills and now until the next day they get some money into their hands they have nothing. So they haven't even got toilet roll, bread, bag of spuds, something frozen, bit of meat, washing up liquid, sugar, milk, butter, bit of shampoo. The stuff that we all take for granted. Having paid their bills they don't have the money for those things until some money comes next. And there's any number of great groups will help. Penny Dinners will help. Feed Cork will help. Vincent de Paul will help. Loads of people, all the Act of Kindness groups will help. Everybody helps. The Lions Club will help. But Gillian's point is this help should not actually be needed in a country that was running itself properly and it's very hard to argue with her. 0818969696 I think the reason why we this is on the back of that on the phone, I think the reason why we tend to respond so dramatically to things that happen abroad is that we see big dramatic conflicts or earthquakes or whatever on telly and it gets an emotional reaction with our own problems here we hear about it in dribs and drabs and we just get used to it maybe the way around this is a big initiative and make it a goal to shock the world by showing Ireland in poverty. You might laugh at the idea, but it's the way Finland solved homelessness. Yeah, Finland has performed brilliantly in terms of homelessness. Their attitude is they have a thing called, I think it's housing first. So no matter how you came to be homeless or what causes you to be homeless or what issues you have because of your homelessness, they don't care about that. First thing they do is to find you a place to live. Might be a one bedroom, box room, might be something. They find your place to live and then they say, Right, Tom, right, Mary. That's where you're living for now. You can stay there for as long as you like. Now let's solve the problems that caused you to be homeless in the first place. That's what they do in Finland. It's a great idea. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Not a lot of people not happy about doctors, secretaries and receptionists knowing your business. Not a lot of them. 
More than I would have thought, actually. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmarie. Join myself and Connor every Sunday morning to find out what's happening in the arts all over Cork. There's so much happening. Fantastic festivals with great events for all ages. And we'll tell you all about them. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes. Feeding Cork families with delicious Griffin's New Seasons Queen. Cork's 96 FM. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. This started in, in the first hour, um, just chatting to um, to Liz, was it, who couldn't get a, a doctor's appointment. Uh, yeah, Liz couldn't get a doctor's appointment. She'd be two weeks waiting, and she was sitting in the waiting room for 20 minutes, and the waiting room was empty, and there was nobody going in or out. And she was, as you can imagine, she was snapping a bit about that. And it kind of grew legs as to the kind of thing you have to tell a doctor's receptionist. Um, now, Monica says just because there's nobody in the waiting room doesn't mean the doctor isn't busy. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And I'm sure there is, Monica, but that's how it looked like to um, to Liz. Plenty of doctors in Carrigaline. I've been going to the same doctor in 40 years and never had a problem. That's from from a local person down there. I phoned my doctor recently in severe pain. Receptionist said they were so busy they were only giving out three minute one ailment emergency appointments. Still be 60 quid though. Nice cash if you can get it. And on the receptionists, I have one friend who is a doctor that knows her mother very well and it bugs her. She has to go into detail about whatever reason she wants to go to the doctor. Like, do these receptionists have a professional code of conduct? Do they swear anything or sign anything uh, that covers confidentiality? Might relax people a bit if they did, because it's becoming the norm that you tell your doctor's receptionist. Yeah, what if your doctor's receptionist is a bit of a gossip outside of work? What if she meets she meets your mother uh, when she's playing bridge, and she's yeah, you know, you know what could happen. Like, uh, she hopes PJ has a nice holiday. Thank you for that.
Hi, doc- Hi PJ. Can't come on out. Doctor, is doctor's surgery up near me is a disgrace. You're waiting three weeks for an appointment. And then the receptionist's attitude is completely dreadful. They think they're qualified GPs, I'm sure. I had to pay Dr. 365 walk-in fee every time I need an appointment. I'm never offered an appointment in my own surgery. It's a complete and total joke. Yeah, there's loads more. I'll come back to them. But we're travelling around all week to see just what it's like across Europe with this this heat wave, which I think the first one now is on the wane, but there's another one coming back around Sunday. We were near Taramaninus yesterday talking to Susan. Dave is in La Rochelle. Dave. Hello, PJ. How are oh, we doing? How are you, bye? Hot out there, I uh, Greetings, greetings, greetings from a sunnyless, or sorry, a sunny, rainless, cloudless La Rochelle. Very warm out here at the moment. What is it? What is it now? It's, uh, it's half eleven there now. What is it? What's... It's half eleven here. It's up. Uh, it's up around the twenties. But there's a bit of a breeze here today and yesterday, which is fantastic. Mm. Now I arrived on Wednesday, and it was cloudy and rain, and I said, "Oh no, did I go <laughs> south enough?" But we didn't shower. Yeah. Every time I got into the hotel, the sun the sun was out. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, and it was up around over the thirties. Yeah, and is it a fierce heat when it comes up? Oh, like, and it's warm, like even at six o'clock in the evening, very hot. Mm. So you have to watch yourself all the time. But as regards to ambulances, I don't, I'm staying down towards the port and you have ambulances floating around. Like, you get an ambulance here faster than you get a taxi. <laughs> and they're just out and there's... I was talking to a few of them there, and I talked to a group from there the other day. There's three of them in each ambulance, and they have gallons of water in the ambulance. Yeah. So they're floating around, and they're pulling them, we say, by the, by the docks below, and where you have a lot of people gathered, and they give out water if they see elderly people, they start walking around, you know? Yeah. I saw that in Spain a couple of years ago, Dave, actually, on the, near, near the beach in, in Caboroy, where there was an ambulance oh, like yes. that, and a couple of paramedics, and in the back of the ambulance was gallons and gallons of bottled water and they're just handing it out to people and when yes. it was really, really, really hot. But you get an ambulance faster than you get a taxi. Is it your first time in, in La Rochelle or would you have gone there before? No, I tell you this, I was here about 13 years ago right. but we drove in here but out of Cork at the moment you can be here just slightly over the hour. Mm. 200 euros for the flights yeah. and rooms here in a double room in a hotel would cost you between 60 euros. You know, when when you add up what you'd spend right. if you went to Clowney for a weekend. You so a week 200 quid for the flight? And then 60, yes. six, what, 60 to 100 for a room per night? 60 to 100. At 100 euros, you get, I'm saying a room now below, it's 100 euros. Fabulous double room. Yeah. Television on suite. It works with it, you know. You would not get that anywhere in Ireland. Well, you know certainly not a peak would. time in a, in a holiday place, no. You might, you might get better no, no. value off peak, but you certainly wouldn't. You, you could forget about a weekend. Any sign of Rog and wandering like, around, is there? Well, he knows I'm in town, so I'm just waiting for a call-up. Ah, he just don't ah, know. Ah, ah, ah. Wait till I tell you, you were on about bicycles. Yeah. Bicycles, electric, bicycles, and these bloody scooters are a menace here. Are they? I was I went out for a walk yesterday evening, and then I'd sit down and have a cup of coffee. And I'd be watching the crowds go by. But there was this vagrant, he had a dog, uh, Labrador. He was out for the count, but he had a rope onto him, you see, mm. tied onto a railing. And whatever happened, there was another dog passed. You couldn't make this up. 
if I had a camera which was worth a fortune, just saw the dog pa- pass, so the Labrador jumped up and barked. This guy coming along in a scooter flying ran into a side of a woman that had a carrier with an electric bike and two kids inside of it. Oh, God. It, it just, nobody got hurt, but just comical just to think about her afterwards, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you're saying the place out. is plagued with scooters, yeah? Scooters. And these things, they can move faster than cars. Yeah. They just fly along. Now they have their area. But if you're crossing a street, you have to have four eyes in your head. Yeah. Because you don't know which way they're coming, you know? I know. But apart from that, the place is spotless and it's reasonable to live here. Yeah, yeah. I, I always found France a little bit more expensive. Is it? You see, right. I walked around over the last few days. I love to walk around, look at your old buildings. Love that, Mr. You have thousands, thousands of restaurants. I'm talking about thousands. Yeah. And all different prices. You, you could eat cheap here if you want to. Yes. Or you could eat middle of the road. Simple as that. What would you pay for a, bi- what would you pay you for a pint? Do you take a pint? Uh, no, I have a glass of wine. I have about two euros fifty for a glass of wine. Oh, well, 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 that. <laughs> I knew any points yet. How bad? Enjoy. No, but no, we in, drive here, you see. Yeah. But I must say, it was nice to fly this time. Yeah. You, right. You, enjoy oh, your holidays. I'll see. We'll uh, yeah. You enjoy yours <laughs> and and safe home when it comes. And mind the heat because it is very Not hot out there. That's Dave. He's in La Rochelle. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I found this. I'm sorry, someone sent this to me during the week when we were talking about scooters after my daughter had her unfortunate little adventure the other night uh, with a scooter but in Orwellia Costa Lazenia Torreveca Caboroy that general area there down from Alicante they've brought in rules and fines for not using a scooter properly I'm reading from their local newspaper The Leader which is an English language newspaper and the town council in Orwellia has issued a set of fines no helmet, 200 euro. No bell on the scooter, 100 euro. No proper lighting, 200 euro. Break the speed limit, maximum speed, 30 kilometres an hour, which is about what? About 20 miles an hour. Max, there's a fine for that. Going on the wrong road, going in a place you're not supposed to be, 200 euro. Anyone under 16 caught riding one of these scooters, 200 euro. Recklessly endangering anybody with your scooter, 500 euro. Driving negligent, 200 euro. Driving with booze on board, 500 euro. Driving with drugs in your system, 1,000 euro. These are for motor scooters, maximum speed limit, 25 an hour. Oh yeah, if you're caught using your head wearing headphones on a scooter, two hundred euro. Driving on pavements, two hundred euro. And anyone, one person only. If you're seen with someone else on the scooter, another hundred euro fine. That's in a place that decided to clamp down on crazy scooter use. That's what. Can we have that here, please? Oh eight one eight ninety six. 96, 96. Right, come back to some of your, your doctor shortage messages. Mary, at my local doctor last week, I asked for an appointment. I was told it'd be two weeks. That's the first time ever it happened. I learned that normally they have a four-week four week wait in the practice. There's a big shortage of doctors. Big, big, big shortage of doctors. 
Yeah, Olga says, I totally agree with Liz. I had the same situation when I rang to see my doctor. The receptionist was asking me all my details and all about my sickness. And after deciding it wasn't urgent, she said I can wait until next week. She knows better. A receptionist. Is this for real? Yep. Sarah, I, t- I totally agree with that woman. But the receptionist knowing your business. Uh, I mean, what if she's a talker, like? I don't want the the butcher knowing that I have... (laughs) Can I say it? I don't want the butcher knowing that I have piles. Have you piles, Sarah? Now the whole of Cork knows. Can I just mention someone um, that uh, in his time as an official with HSE, he was one of those people who was kind to the adopted community, the community that I was involved in for activism on adoption and reunion and tracing. I speak of Pat O'Dwyer. He's retired now from HSE. But at a time when others were closing doors and not talking to anybody, Pat talked to people and was kind and considerate and understanding and did exactly what he could. Pat hasn't been well of late. In fact, he said rather... uh, uh, a troublesome year health-wise and uh, his daughter Nella is a dear friend of mine and of course his wife Kathy too they send their best and I send mine and the whole adoption activism community sends their best to Pat O'Dwyer for a speedy recovery Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing Changing lives with the latest hearing health technology They're all ears Visit hiddenhearing.ie Corks 96 it's time to vote in the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Go to 96FM.ie, check out the shortlist for all the categories, and vote for your favourites. And vote for your favourites. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96FM. Just on the assaults in Dublin and Galway where we have two tourists now one uh, hopefully not but possibly facing life changing injuries after being attacked in Dublin and another in Galway they're both in Beaumont Hospital at the moment after being just been set upon on the street and kicked by feral scuts John says I watched Helen McEntee babbling an apology for a horrific attack just metres from the north inner city in Dublin, from metres from Store Street Garda Station. Uh, they've no confidence now in the policing of their area, have any of these people. And tourism can have no confidence in Helen McEntee. People in Cork and Galway have no confidence in the system. She's the person in charge of all of this. The next time she's being interviewed, it should be put to her that she needs to resign. It was bad before, it's worse now. Thanks, John. 0818969696. We were talking last week, I think it was, to Claire. Is it? It was Claire in Wales uh, about a miscarriage. She's from Carrigaline. She was in Wales. Lives in Wales now. And about how she remembers the 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 babies that she miscarried. And she plants, or she will plant flowers for them. Maybe even sunflowers. We both have a love of sunflowers. Maybe even sunflowers to remember the babies that that she miscarried. And we were chatting about that, and it prompted a call 
follow-on call from Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, w- more people are talking about miscarriage these days than than were even a few few years ago, and that can only be a good thing. Morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I think we've moved on a lot, especially kind of in the last maybe 10 years or so, in that people are talking a lot more openly about it. And like that, you see a lot of people coming out in the media saying that they've had a miscarriage. And, and again, that helps to, to break the taboo that had existed around miscarriage and, and around speaking about it openly. You had a number of miscarriages, I think, did you? That's right. Yeah, we've actually had six miscarriages ourselves oh, over kind of the last that. fourteen years. Six. That's, so, that's, yeah, it's, that's difficult. It's, it's hard. It's heartbreaking, and it's 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 a long road. And I suppose it's it's something that a lot of people wouldn't realise when they look at us. Look at us because we've a fourteen-year-old, a twelve-year-old, and an eight-year-old. So like that, people look at us and think, oh with a perfectly panned family with perfect gaps in between each and they don't see that we had two losses before each of those kids. So it's something that people don't realise and I think it's like that because it wasn't really talked about when we had our first loss. It was a very hidden grief and it was a grief that was very personal and a grief that wasn't wasn't that easy to deal with because like that you don't you don't know how to deal with a grief that's so hidden because a lot of the time people might not necessarily know you were pregnant. And it's very hard then to go and say, oh, I was pregnant, but I'm not anymore. People, and that's a, that's a difficult conversation to have. Yeah, the question that's often asked is, when we look back now with the more enlightened eyes, why did people not talk about that that grief? Why did they keep it to themselves so much? I think a part of it is probably the response that, that you often get from people when you tell them that you've had a miscarriage or that you've lost a baby because people don't know what to say to you. And the thing is, it's actually okay not to know what to say. All you need to say is that you're sorry for their loss. Hmm. But people don't know what to say and, and you get a lot of comments that start with at least. And I think anything that starts with at least is probably better off not said. At like least we would have, have often, Like we would have often heard, at least you have Dahi at home or at least you have one at home or at least you're young and you can get pregnant or at least... At least you know you can get pregnant, you know. And I mean, it, people mean well and they're coming from a good place. But when you're in the depths of grief, that's not what you want to hear. All you want to hear is, look, I'm really sorry for your loss. If there's anything I can do, mm. if you want to talk, I'm here. Those words at least, Jennifer, that's that's a new one in me. I've, I've never heard anyone say it quite like yeah. that before. Is it almost when you hear those words as if people don't see it as an equal pregnancy? I, I think so, yeah. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I, I remember after our first loss, I, I returned to work and I had somebody say to me, oh, at least it wasn't a baby. And I was saying, it was a baby. Like, as soon as I saw the two lines, I had that baby's future planned out. I had names picked out. I had schools picked out. I had birthdays, Christmases. You, you plan this whole future as soon as you see those two lines. And then suddenly that's all ripped away from you and you're left you're left feeling very lost and very alone and very isolated. Mm. And when somebody says that at least it's just it's just another it's just another punch when you're already feeling so low. It, so yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It sounds cruel. I, I don't imagine it comes from a place of cruelty. It is definitely coming from a good place and people mean well they're trying to they're trying to make you feel better. 
and they want to say something because they feel they need to say something. But sometimes it's okay even just to say, look, I don't know what to say. You know, yeah. I think honesty and saying, I don't know what to say. Other than that's I hear okay you. to say. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. spend a lot of time these days volunteering with the Miscarriage Association. Mm-hmm. Was it because, was it yeah. through your own experience you became involved with that? Exactly. I suppose after our, our first and second loss, we would have reached out to them for support to their telephone support line. And one of the ladies that I spoke to, I've even said it to her recently because we've, we've become quite close. And I said to her, like, I've never forgot the compassion and the empathy that she showed me on the phone. And it really made such a difference just to have somebody to talk to that knew what I was going through, that I didn't have to explain why I was feeling the way I was feeling, that just got it. Um, and she's still involved in the association and she's still on the phone line giving support to people. And I suppose when I was in a stronger place myself, I kind of said, OK, I want to give something back and I want to help people in the way that I would have liked to have been helped. So I got involved initially on the phone lines, offering support on our phone lines, which are there Monday to Friday from 10 to 12 and then 8 to 10 in the evenings. And I suppose that's how I got involved initially. And then as time went by, I kind of felt that Cork needed to have a little bit more in terms of peer support. So we set up the Cork support group in the SMA centre in Wilton, and that meets every two months. And again, it's it's just a, a safe place for people, for both men and women to come to where they can just talk openly, honestly, and share their own journey and their own story without feeling mm-hmm. that they have to explain why they're feeling such and such a way. A couple of things you mentioned there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when, when people choose to talk, yeah. It doesn't matter, I think, whether it was four weeks ago or 40 mm-hmm. years ago. If you want to talk about your miscarriage, you can talk yes. about your miscarriage. Exactly. And like that, we, we would get a lot of, I suppose, especially people that would have had losses maybe 30 years ago on the phone lines that are realising the support is there now. And even my own mother would have had a loss a number like, like that going on over nearly 50 years ago now. And she would often say it. I would get a text from her coming up to the babies, Judith saying, oh, your brother or sister would have been 50 today. Do you know, so you don't forget and like that. It's it's important that those people know that they can talk, that the, the meetings and the support that there isn't for people that are currently having a miscarriage or that have recently lost a baby. It's for anybody that has lost a baby either recently or in, in, in the past. That's something that I think people who've never been through a miscarriage I don't think they'll ever grasp it. That thing, like, for example, that your your mom would say to you, you your brother yeah. would have been 50 today. Yeah. For me, anyone I've talked to who's suffered this, Jennifer, mm-hmm. it's as real. The little person who didn't make it is as real as one who did. Yeah. Ex- exactly, yeah, and it is. I mean, like you say, I think it's, it's true for so many things in life, unless you've been there, it's very hard to grasp it and it's very hard to understand it. Mm. So it's, it's really difficult to explain that to somebody that hasn't been through it. But like that, you never forget them. And like they're like our six babies are, are a part of our family. Like we would speak about them and we would do something on their due dates just to mark okay. the day, something small. Did you give them names? Um, and like, we did, yeah. We gave them all names because oh. we found out our last little baby was, we knew she was a little girl because we had testing done. But the others, we didn't know if they were boys or girls. But my eldest son and myself always had a feeling as to whether they were boys or girls. So we three boys and three girls. Okay. Um, and 
they all have their own names and like that we do something on on their due dates just to mark the day it's it, like it might be something as simple as going to the beach and just writing their name on a stone and leaving it on the stone at the beach it's really nice you know just something small something personal something unique um for them just to mark the day you mentioned men jennifer and and they're often forgotten they too were affected they, by this exactly and it's it's something that used to annoy me quite a lot was that people just never ask how my husband was they'd always ask after me and how I was doing but they'd never ask how he was so he'd come home after being out and he'd say well I met such and such down the road and they asked how you were doing and I'd say to him well did they ask how you were and he said no no but they were worried about you and I was kind of saying well they should be worried about you too and it was something that that used to actually really annoy me because the dads feel it just as much and they are they often are forgotten um but they go through the same the same grief and the same loss as, as the women do. I suppose they don't go through the physical loss of the baby, but they've still lost their baby. It's, it's a and man it's, thing, though, to mind you. And then they don't yeah. mind themselves. Exactly. And it's, it's a big thing. And even we'd often get dads kind of maybe sending us a message saying, oh, is it OK for me to come to meeting tonight? And you say, yeah, of course it is. It's, it's for the dads and the moms. Yeah. Um, and like that, it's... It's a case that, that the dads are often forgotten about. You have a, a Zoom meeting. So I suppose if anybody does want to join that, it's just a case of sending an email to info at miscarriage.ie and then we will send on the link for the Zoom meeting. And the Zoom meetings are, are really good in that. It just gives people a chance to talk and listen to other people. And sometimes people might come on and it is it is very daunting and it's, it's, it's a very brave thing to join a support meeting because you don't know what to expect. And I suppose the Zoom meetings, we would often get people that join the first meeting and they might just listen in and they mightn't, they, they mightn't share their own story, but they'll listen to others. Mm. And we'd often get messages from those people saying, I found it so beneficial just hearing other people's stories. And lastly, what's that phone number that you mentioned earlier on? The phone numbers would be on our website. So we have different people, different volunteers and committee members on call every month from 8 to 10 in the evening and 10 to 12 in the morning. And there's different numbers for okay. the people each month. So the numbers are all available on info at miscarriage.ie as well. Jennifer, nice talking to you. Thanks for being with me on the programme today. Super, thanks a million, PJ. If you, have, if you need to contact any support um, following that, you can get the... Miss, thanks, Jennifer. The <clears throat> Miscarriage Association of Ireland are at miscarriage.ie. Uh, info at miscarriage.ie uh, is uh, an email address there. And they have a number you can ring between 10 and 12, which is 085 822 Or between 8 and 10, you can ring 086 miscarriage.ie is the website come here yesterday we were talking about skull and the fact that they'd found a snake skin in the skull and they think it's a, a coral snake and they'd like to find the owner so it could be reunited wherever it's supposed to be living it's it's harmless, it's non-venomous it give you a little nip but won't kill you and it won't eat you, it won't strangle you or anything like that, but it's a snake and <laughs> uh, we have not um, tracked down the snake but you think that's bad? Over in Berlin, in Germany, they've advised people now to avoid walking in the woods and advised people to keep small children indoors. There are drones and helicopters and thermal imaging cameras involved in a search for a lioness. What page? A lady lion. A lioness 
the kind you see down in Fota, prowling the streets and the wooded areas of Berlin. There's a smartphone video going around. It hasn't been verified. It could be a fake, but people think it is genuine. Uh, of, a, of a lioness prowling the woods of Berlin. Uh, we think we're bad with snake skins on the grounds on the ground in Skull. Imagine that though. 0818-96-96-96. Morning, says Anne. A doctor's receptionist has full access to patient's health record. So telling the receptionist what you want to see the doctor about doesn't really matter. They can look it up anyway, if they want to. Love the show. Thanks, Anne. As a nurse, yes, they do have to sign a confidentiality agreement. But who's really going to hold them to account if they spread a, pa- a patient's personal health information? Mind you, Cathy says, PJ, if you're worried about the doctor's receptionist knowing your business, then you might as well be paranoid entirely about bank workers, credit union workers, people in the ESB, people in the insurance company, mortgage advisors, tax officials, anyone else really. The list goes on. They all have access to our personal details. We just have to trust that people don't talk about them outside of work. If you thought that way about everything and everyone, you'd spend your life paranoid. It's a fair point, Cathy. It is, but I just thought... Sarah's comment earlier on, she says she she doesn't want the fella down the butcher knowing she has piles. You can you can see why people think that way too. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over thirty five years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's ninety six FM. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. This week on Hours to Protect, we will hear about monthly clothes swap events in Cork and how they are a sustainable way to get your hands on some new fashion items, as well as saving money. Cork Clothes Swap hosts monthly clothes swaps across Cork City. All you have to do is bring five items of washed and dried items, either men's or women's clothes are accepted, and you can browse and pick up as many other items as you like. They also take donations. Claire Buckley is part of the Cork Clothes Swap volunteer team. So what you do is you can bring up to five pieces and you can take up to five pieces. Basically, it's a way of keeping clothes circulating, keep them out of landfill. Um, it's practical. You know, we get clothes with tags on them. We get clothes that need a little bit of attention. And we have a fixing fashion station here, and they can mend, they can upcycle. You know, they can keep it, give it more life. You know, keep it going for longer. So that's kind of. And where did the idea for the car clothes swap come from? Well, initially it was uh, Joy was the girl that started it and um, she'd come across it while she was studying in London and about two years ago she decided she'd try it and she rang her friends. She went to the park with six pieces and um, I think a couple of people came and then the next time she had more pieces and... Eventually, she needed a space in, indoors, and uh, so she got onto a community hub in called Rebel Reads, 
down by the marina market so um and we are there now the first wednesday of every month but at this stage we have lots and lots of clothes we have you know 50 to 100 people coming to our swaps um and we're turning around we could be turning around 400 pieces of, of clothes at every swap so it's it's an incredible amount of clothes that we're saving from landfill you know and they're all being rehomed you know somebody is getting another good length of time out of them or you know so it's definitely working According to the Trashin report by Clean Up Kenya, an advocate group for sustainable public sanitation, 150 million items of clothing are sent abroad from the EU with the intent of being donated or recycled, but one third end up being dumped in rivers and landfills. Of the millions of items of used clothing shipped directly from the EU to Kenya each year, up to one in three contain plastic and are of such low quality that they're immediately dumped in the environment or burned. When taking part in the core clothes swap, you can see directly where your clothes are going. It's very difficult to recycle clothes because there's so much plastic in clothes. So it's not really, you know, it's not really green to to think you can recycle clothes, you know. Um, So if you can use them for any other alternative, you know, if they're not worthy of wearing, maybe try and make a bag out of them or make something else. There's, you know, there's always pieces of the material that you can use. And at least, you, you know, you're, you're saving a little bit more, taking it, you know, keeping it out landfill. That's, you know, a little bit is, it makes all the difference, really. On Saturday, July 8th, the clothes swap at St. Peter's Cork saw 93 people swap clothes. Those who attended donated 356 items of clothing and took home 303 garments. The Cork clothes swap group calculated that approximately 148 kg of textiles were saved from going to landfill. These numbers reflect the quantity of clothes that are being loved in a new wardrobe rather than rotting in a landfill. When it comes to sustainable fashion, it's unrealistic to expect our whole society to only buy what they will wear for a lifetime. Swapping our clothes is a totally free and simple solution to this. I would like to see and we would like to see going forward is maybe the likes of schools you know where there's uniforms involved I know they they talk about taking pieces in you know um, you could take uniforms back and they'd use them as charity but I think you need to take that word out of the equation and everybody bring back their uniforms and people just swap them and take the next size and you know take any stigma that may be in it take that out there is no reason that there should be you know any stigma involved it's very practical and i think also the likes of we'll say the when one-off deb's dresses grad suits that i would like that going forward we could create a platform for that as well to learn more about swapping clothes and sustainable fashion, visit a monthly Core Clothes Swap event or visit Core Clothes Swap on social media. You can also check the show notes of this episode. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. Thanks, Katie. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Oh, it's 96fm. Yeah, last hour of the week on the show and last hour of me for a little while. You'll be in the capable hands of Gareth Callahan. For the next couple of weeks, will I head off on me Holly Jolly Bobs 
Yes, I have been in that kind of mood all week. I know I have. Speaking of which, I went for a, a walk up around the airport uh, uh, last week um, in anticipation of today and kind of in anticipation of loads of other families heading away on their holidays, particularly families with, with smallies and, and, you know, how you might get through the airport as easy as possible. Before I go to that, though, I see a story in The Independent today um, which confirms that Cork Airport is once again looking at a possibility of opening a direct route to New York. Uh, the DAA, which is, of course, the body that runs both Cork and Dublin Airport, looks at possibly doing this in the next three years. They made a submission, Cork Airport did, to the government recently uh, on the role of regional airports and the future of regional airports and they want they said in this report they want a direct link with the United States they want it to be Cork to New York I know it happened before with Boston didn't we did we have New York for a while with Norwegian Air didn't quite work out unfortunately but it'd be nice to see it back in a couple of years from from now so we'll watch that story uh, Cork Chamber very much behind it in terms of business development but it'd be very nice wouldn't it be nice to be able to go off to New York out of Cork mind you you can go anywhere you want in the world out of Cork that was one of the things I discovered on my visit up there uh, last week I just wanted to see about getting through security getting through check-in just if you're bringing a family to the airport for going on holidays just getting yourself through nice and easy nice and handy getting parking at the airport for example which, thankfully, there's parking there, as I find out, as I found out. Among the people I spoke to was their communications boss, the head of communications, Barry Holland. And he told me that they're really, really busy right now. It's absolutely buzzing, PJ. We're looking at our busiest year across the history of Cork Airport for international traffic. Now, some of your more astute listeners might say, well, the airport did an excess of 3 million passengers in the years 2006, 2007 and 2008. That's correct. But within those years, there was roughly half a million domestic passengers at the time flying between Cork and Dublin. Mm -hmm. If you strip out those numbers from the calculation overall... 2.7 million passengers will be the busiest year for international traffic. It's been an incredible recovery since COVID. It has been. Industry experts during the course of COVID would have said that it would have taken until 2024 or maybe 2025 for the sector to recover to what it was pre-COVID. We can safely say that this year in 2023 will exceed mm. what we did in 2019, which was 2.6 million passengers. You could fill more planes, Barry, if you had them. Absolutely, PJ. The demand for international travel is now phenomenal. Garrett Lines is my name, an airport employee since the 90s. You've seen change here, Garrett, over the years, particularly the way modern technology has made it easier to come through here. Absolutely, from what you might receive from your travel agent to know everything is working on your phone for boarding cars or for documentation. Some people are more used to having in a paper format and would like to have both, but uh, definitely it's, uh, it's technology-based now. For some families, this is the one trip they make to the airport in the year, their holiday. So how do you make it easier for the family, particularly with a couple of smallies, to get through the airport? Pre-planning is very helpful. Make sure you have what you need to hand rather than digging down. 
have make your passport and date. Now, most people would forget that. Yeah. And it's no harm to have a photocopy of it in case yeah. anything goes wrong. And then just have the times of your flights. And don't let it be a big surprise that if there is a queue in the airport, it happens. Yeah. Whilst we're well organised in Cork Airport, we do have queues at busy times. What we strive for is to get people through as quick as we can. We have security checks, rules and protocols, etc. So just common sense applies. Gareth, I've just seen a, a WhatsApp device here, which is amazing. I looked at Barry's phone there, but it's available to the general public. This is like the airport live in your hand. How does it work? If you just go, uh, log on to the airport website, the arrivals or departures page, and click on the flight you want, and it gives you the option of, uh, basically, it's a WhatsApp information, and that'll give you as much information as you need, and you can follow it, and it's in real time, and it's very, very useful, and a very handy one to know about. Please have your boarding pass ready for inspection. As you approach the x-ray machine, please place all metal objects you are carrying or wearing, such as coins, keys, belts, mobile phones and jewellery, into your carry-on bag or into the trays provided. Here in this security section, Kim, it's the bit that people read coming through. You aim to get people through here very quickly, though. We do. We get them through as quickly as we can and get them on to their flight. How can they prepare best, particularly people who travel only maybe once a year, with small children? Well, the best thing to do is lay yourself the two hours before your flight, because a lot of people think that it's a small airport and it's not going to take too long to get through. But you do need to allow yourself two hours, as we are extremely busy. And we just ask everyone to prepare as they're coming up, as in taking out all their electrical items, having all their liquids in the bags. We have all the bags that are down at the end before you come in security to have all the liquids ready to put into the trays when you're coming through. Pockets emptied and then it's just a very smooth transition once people are, are, are prepared coming through the door. People bring laptops, iPads, e-readers, whatever. They're okay to come through, but you must must you take them all out? Absolutely. They're perfect to come through. We've no problem with them coming through. Like laptops, iPads, all the kids' electronic games, they just need to come out of the bag. Once they come out of the bag, they can put through in a separate tray and they can be brought through. People also can bring through baby liquids, and that is just about being prepared. What if you have a small baby that's going to need a feed during your four-hour flight to, to Tinder? Reefer, uh, to bring baby food through, bottles, liquids, any baby food is absolutely no problem whatsoever. And all of those can be brought through. They don't have to be the 100 mils, they can be above the 100 mils. We have a, a facility to test baby food here, so there's no problem with Medication, I might need to take a tablet during my trip. Yeah, absolutely, there's no problem. Uh, people do get her perception of things can't be brought through in hand luggage. You can bring medication through, you can bring baby food through. There's no problem with anything like that. Bernard Dooney is my name. Uh, I'm in operations. We look after care parking, uh, lost and found, a collection of revenue, lodging to the bank, uh, numerous other functions along the way. With regard to parking, so you're coming for your trip away for 10 days, two weeks, whatever. The message from Dublin is forget it, we're full. What's the story in Cork? In Cork, you come, we'll park you, I suppose, is the message. We've never turned away a car and we don't, certainly don't intend to. We've just over four and a half thousand spaces. We have uh, three uh, car parks that you can book online. We've got the short term, the express red and the holiday blue, and we've used uh, contingency measures for the busy summer period where we've moved staff out of the staff car park. Uh, there are no parking in the hotel and we're selling the staff car park. So we, we've used all the measures available to us. So there'll be no danger you'll turn up here with smallies and bags and there'll no cabin. Absolutely. 
absolutely we've never turned away a car as I said we certainly don't intend to it's best to book in advance book online because you save money anyway you save money it's the cheaper option and that's what we advise people to do where did they go airport yeah. website you go onto the Cork Airport website and our three car parks put in your dates of travel right in the middle of the homepage put in your dates and times of travel outcome our three car parks and choose whichever option you choose to take how far in advance would you need to if I'm going away in two weeks time would I, would I book now people book for tomorrow people are booking for Christmas week so the option is up to a lot of people seem to book maybe a week in advance we always try and tell look book way out there's no, there's no issue we can cancel the booking you know yes. what I mean so again good customer services we can do it we'll manage it but again if, if the customer wants to book when they make their purchase for the flight very good you know oh, you might, might book a flight for six months time it's, it's book your packing now there you go it's customer habits it's, 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 it's people in Cork we, we like doing things last minute it's, yeah. it's out there you know oh, I must book parking but look we, we look after everybody and there's still the option for customers to come on the day take a ticket and pay at the pay station when they return so we're trying to get more and more people online but people are people and if you bring it we'll park it you bring it bring your car and we'll find your space we'll park it not a bother my name is Eamon O'Donovan I'm head of operations and facilities at Cork Airport. Yeah, but I want to talk to you in specific about uh, assistance for passengers with additional needs. There's a lot being done here for people that they might know about. There is PJ. We have very good partners in OCS. They do our people who uh, reduce mobility services. If you think you might need it, how do you go about booking it? So if you go onto our website, go to PRM services, and then you have the option there then to send an email. Right, The email will be received both by uh, OCS, which is our PRM provider. It's also received by members of our management here. So between the two of us, we would book them in. We certainly would encourage uh, anybody looking for a sensory pad or indeed any other services yeah. from OCS to book well in advance. And uh, we certainly will deliver them what you need. If you need a wheelchair to get out and plane or you need something like that. Again, it's all on the, the Cork Airport website and then you can book in there. Yeah. You know, having said all that, you know, if it's a situation that you're unable to do it or sometimes, you know, people we mightn't have the wherewithal to do that. We certainly would deal with you on the day, but we would certainly encourage in order to give the, the service that we want to give, yeah. do it in advance, and we certainly will deliver for it. That would be for children and adults alike. Cork people like to travel into and out of Cork. This is our airport, and we want to come in and out of it. Absolutely, PJ. If you want to travel from Cork Airport to Tokyo, if you want to travel from Cork Airport to Bangkok, if you want to travel from Cork Airport to Rio de Janeiro, you can do so here out of Cork with the convenience of Cork through one of our, with our, one of our airline partners, whether it is Aer Lingus, British Airways, KLM, Air France, Lufthansa. And can I, I book the whole lot through, say, one website? Absolutely. If you log on to the airline's website, you can book that through ticket all the way through. Your bags are checked all the way through. You'll have just have that one stop in between. So what you'll have is a connecting flight from Cork to Amsterdam and then Amsterdam onto your final destination there. You don't have to go anywhere else. Come to Cork Airport where the parking is convenient, where the rates are good. 99% of our passengers cleared security in June in less than 20 minutes. So you're talking about a very efficient, convenient, hassle-free airport experience here right on our doorstep. So we'd always encourage people to fly out of Cork where possible. Uh, that's Barry Holland, communications director at uh, the airport. Why would you bother going to Dublin at all, at all, at all? If you're going through Cork over the next couple of weeks or next couple of months, just get there early, take it nice and handy, and everything will be grand. 0818 96 96 96. Very, very sad story in the papers this morning from County Tipperary. Really sad, actually. 
Have a look at it next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. What are those things that you go, okay, I'm back in Cork, this ain't London anymore? I mean, your first trip to Super Value is always a new, like, this time I, there was an old man, and he was one of those farmers who looked like he put on a jumper in 1978 and hadn't taken it off since. <laughs> oh, we all and, know those, don't and, we? Uh, I, was, I was poking around some bit of Super Value, and he kind of leaned in, he went, welcome out of the television. <laughs> <laughs> Moraine and Ross in the morning. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at no DC cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Cork's 96 FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. And this is a very, very sad story. You might have remembered this from it was it was the summer of 2022 June of 2022 the bodies of an elderly couple were found in a house near Clonmel a place called Clonine and they've been there for for quite some time uh, nobody knew who they were or anything like that their neighbors hadn't seen them in months neighbors thought they had left and and immigrated to France and it was a mystery as to how they had lain there so long, dead. Um, there's a story in today's Independent. Shane Phelan has this. Um, a letter was found torn up in a bin in the house. And an expert, Garda expert, has put it together and managed to decipher the handwriting and it tells a very sad story of Nicholas Smith, who was 82, and his wife Hilary, who was 79. Uh, they were British. They had met and married in 1960s, lived in Hong Kong until 1997, then in Australia, then in England, came to Ireland in 2006. Uh, he was from Norwich, she was from Hull. They had travelled the world because he was in the Merchant Navy. And then he was a cruise ship captain. He worked on the Disney Cruise Line for a number of years. So they really had travelled the world together and then settled in Ireland in 2006. And that's where it seems to have gone terribly, terribly wrong for them. And uh, the details of the letter aren't printed in the paper. But we've learned a lot about them. Desperately sad. But... It says, the letter says, they should never have set foot in Ireland. That's very sad. Very, very sad to see that. That elderly couple. Um, Things had gone terribly wrong for them. And whatever happened to them, they've they've established Mr. Smith's cause of death. He died of coronary artery disease. They haven't been able to figure out how his wife died because of the state of her body when she was found. But the locks had been glued from the inside of the house. Oh, terrible, 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 terrible. 0818 96 96 96. Terrible to think people should be, could be so lonely in the twilight of the years having travelled the world together. 
uh, in the course of their jobs and course of work. 0818 96 96 96. It's in the papers today if you want to see it. The Best of Cork Awards on at the moment. And, of course, the voting will continue for the next couple of weeks. And you can vote for whoever you want. All the various different different categories are up there. Um, but what about a new business category? It's, it's a suggestion we've got from a listener. And it's one that we might put forward, baby, for next year's Best of Cork Awards, that we should perhaps nominate a new business. I'll talk more about that in just a couple of minutes. So, Elephant in the Room is a new business. It's a gift business. It's a specific kind of gift business. It's gifts for people who are not well, um, who are having trouble with their health, going through an illness, maybe cancer, maybe something else. And you kind of wonder, what do you give to someone who isn't very well? Uh, the person behind it is Roisin Carr. Uh, cool idea, Roisin. Morning to you. Good morning, PJ, and um, thank you for having me on. Um, so I've, I've had so many people in my life that have had critical illnesses. Um, I lost my dad to cancer um, when I was only 21. That was now I'm telling my age, but that was that was 30, 30 years ago this year. Um, it was back at a time when I suppose there wasn't an awful lot known about cancer as much. Um, people didn't talk about it as much. It was actually I remember it being known as the big C. You know, yes. you didn't even say the word cancer. Um, and I always felt very suppressed, you know, couldn't understand why people weren't talking about it, shouting about it, you know, because it was something that was very real. Um, and going on in people's lives and, and, and granted I know there wasn't social media, there wasn't Instagram and Facebook so it was probably harder um, but it's just something that I, I always remember um, yeah. for myself that it wasn't something that was, you know. It wasn't a word that was spoken. I remember my own late dad, all he would ever talk about, even though he, he didn't have it, but all he would ever talk about was the bad lad Yeah Now um, I'm looking firstly at the greeting cards that you've done were they an attempt to lighten the mood for people or what were they? Yes, they were. So how, how, how this came about was I have um, a very, very dear friend who had um, kidney disease and she had a transplant three years ago, very successfully. Um, I was looking for a funny card to send her about her kidneys, um, just like a, a kidney anniversary card is what they call them. Um, at the same time, I had a number of friends that were also going through cancer treatment. They had amazing senses of humour. Um, and I was looking for different things to send them. I was looking for cards with a bit of humour and anything that I was finding on the Internet was coming from abroad. It was coming from the States. It was coming from Europe, other parts of Europe. Um, and I couldn't believe that there was nobody in Ireland because we have such an amazing sense of humour. Yes. The Irish people ourselves, I couldn't understand why they weren't available in Ireland. Um, so I decided to start it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, Heard you your know, kidneys have been acting the maggot on the front <laughs> or yeah, sorry yeah. your kidney tried to kill you <laughs> so so yeah yeah look it's 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 not everyone's it's not for everybody and it's not for everybody at certain times as well because there 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 are different stages you know when you get a diagnosis yeah. 
and there are one or two cards there. If if I did have a retail store, the cards would be on the top shelf, if you know what I mean. Yes. But funnily enough, they're actually the most popular and they're the ones that people say to me, oh, this is brilliant. This is going to put a smile on, on so-and-so's face or such and such is going to get such a kick out of this. Yeah. So, you know, people are, are really resonating with it and they're 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 getting it, you yeah. know, which is, is fantastic for me. And I love getting that feedback. As well as the cards, you do candles, you do cushions, you do books, notebooks, baseball caps. Yeah, so it started, yeah, it started off as cards and then it started to snowball um, because I could see again, you know, doing a lot of research, there was no, I suppose, one stop shop for, you know, if you if you have a loved one who's got a diagnosis, you're not always in a position where you can give them hands-on support. You know, you may not be living close to them. You may not be able to help out with lifts, with dinners, but you still want to show support. And, you know, as much as I love flowers and I'm not dishing flowers, but they don't always cut it. And sometimes sending something useful that they can use, like something they can use on sensitive skin, blankets, notebooks, things that they will use and they will need throughout their, you know, their their journey or their process of going through all this treatment can be really really helpful and supportive Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't know what to get so I do all the research for them Um, I've spoken to many many friends and family members about what they found useful Um, and I'm also getting feedback from people even to this day that that say you know you should really have this on your website because I found it useful Mm. Um, so it's it's a constant you know, work in progress. I notice it's divided as well in, into sections. So you've gifts for chemotherapy, cancer care. You have gifts for a hospital stay. You've gifts for mental health care. You really thought this through, Roisin? Yeah, it's so I, I didn't want it to just be, you know, based on cancer alone because there's there's a lot of different critical illnesses out there. Um, I, I have a number of friends, I mentioned this already, that have kidney disease. My own sister-in-law as well um, had a kidney transplant very successfully, November just gone. Mm. Um, so I'm very, very aware of all the other different illnesses. Um, um, also mental health issues, which is also a critical illness. And I think the, the, the more the more all of these are spoken about and the more they're out there, the more people will be aware of them. And there isn't anyone doing this, you know. We have gifts for birthdays, we have gifts for anniversaries, you know, why don't we have gifts for, for people who are struggling and and yeah. unwell? I have to say, I love the name, the elephant in the room, because, well, the elephant in the room is whatever ails you at this moment in time. It's yes. the one that no one talks about. And here you are with a whole set of gifts about the things that no one talks about. I think it's, I got to tell you, not just because you're on the phone, it's a genius idea. Thank you. Thank you. But it, it comes from a it comes from a you know, place of passion, I think, and, and experience. You know. Yes, that's um, the thing. It's it, not easy. It's like anyone that has started their own business. Yeah, um, is it difficult it's, to it's get difficult. a business going these days? Oh, it's so it's so hard. It's so hard. You you especially I think if you if you're on your own, if it's small, um, if you don't have, you know, a massive budget to do a big marketing campaign, or, you know, if you if you don't have the the budget to open a retail store, which I'm I'm online only. Um, it's it is it's difficult. You have to wear so many hats. Mm. 
the, the hat that I'm wearing at the moment talking to you, like the, the sales and the marketing, is the hat that I hate wearing the most. You're doing all right. Um, I may tell you now, you're doing oh, okay. You're doing just fine. You know, I, I'd like to hide bes- behind my website, but unfortunately, <laughs> that's, you know, you, yeah. you can't do that. You have to get out there. So it is, it is difficult. It's, it's sometimes you feel like you're, you're constantly plowing through mud, you know. Um, but, but the local enterprise offices are a fantastic help, I have to say. Um, anyone that is, is thinking of starting up a new business, I would definitely get in touch with them. I think people who understand what it's about will have a smile at least going through your website. Can I ask you about my favourite product? It's a card that just says, ah, bollocks. <laughs> What's that a card for? <laughs> well, that, that, can be for, that can be for anything, really, you know. Um, it it can it. be for anything. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> best of luck with it. And who knows, maybe you could be in the Best of Cork Awards next year. Keep it up, girl. Yes, well, thank you very, very much. And I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, PJ. My pleasure. My pleasure, Roisin. Actually, something else she's got is um, cards and gifts, especially for healthcare workers, so that when you have had your treatment and hopefully everything has gone well for you, you can send a special gift to the people who looked after you, which is another cool idea. The Elephant in the Room Gifts.com is her website. Wouldn't that be a cool idea? We shall have a word with the powers that be maybe for the best of Cork 2024 that we could maybe introduce a category for the best new business the best business set up between say this year's best of Cork and next year's best of Cork that might be a cool idea we shall have a word with the powers that be because that's a category new businesses and new startups is a, is a is a section that probably deserves more recognition and it gets 0818 96 96 96. You can keep voting for the Best of Cork Awards at the website. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Crossy, you can finally talk about this movie. And it's so strange that I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Usually you can dance around it, and, but they were so strict about it and there's a reason why the movie is five stars it is one of the nicest most beautiful heartfelt movies i have ever watched in my life it's about a doll and we're being told it's not for kids uh, do you know what it's 12 pgs If, if if you're fairly lenient with your kids I'd say bring them to watch it because there's no smut in it. There's nothing sexual about it. There's a couple of things that will go over your, you know, go over uh, kids' heads, but there's nothing like that at all. Basically, I, I, I did. I hosted the Irish premiere for it this week, and I said to people at the oh, start, "Oh, just I, drop that!" Oh no, 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 no. The, the reason why I'm saying this is that at the very start, I said to everybody, "You're going to cry. You're also going to laugh." And then you're going to have a hard think about yourself afterwards. I said, come over to me afterwards and tell me if I'm wrong or not. And not one person said I was wrong. There is some two beautiful moments where, where you will cry. Uh, like it's, if you have a daughter, if you have a sister, if you have an aunt, if you have a mother, this movie will dedicate to them. Like, you think I'm mad. The amount of people who thought I was mad when I was saying this is, movie is incredible, they're going to just stop. It's a movie about Barbies. And then they watch it and they went... Oh my, oh my. So it's what just, is it about? Is it that she's trapped in a real person's world? Is it no, like, so, the, the, so, like the Barbie universe? What is it, Crossy? So Barbie lives in Barbie land. 
with all the Barbies. So like it's hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Barbie, hi Ken. And there's two other characters in it that they take the mick out of. But then everything's beautiful and fun and happy and all that sort of stuff. And then Barbie, Margot Robbie, the main one, goes, has anyone ever thought about death before? And everyone starts looking at her. And she goes, oh, this is strange. And the story then follows, why is she feeling sad or down? Then she gets cellulite. And she's like, what is going on? So they realize that she needs to go to the real world to find who has her doll and try and fix them and make them happy for her to get happy. And that's when the story kicks off. She's in the real world. Uh, Will Ferrell is the head of Mattel. America Ferreira, who is Ugly Betty. She's the lady with the daughter with the doll. And there is a scene in it that America Ferreira has a, a a monologue and the hair will stand up in the back of your uh, neck. It's just... And, and people gasp. When they're in the cinema, people gasp at us. They go, wow, this really? is... Yeah, I, I swear to I, I sound like a madman telling you how good it is. Because you do, it actually. actually. If you don't mind is, me saying it, you kind of... I'm sitting here going, Crossy, you watch a thousand movies a year. Yeah. It and you were gushing people. like a child on Christmas Eve. Did you ever watch About Time, you know, with Donald Gleeson? Yeah. You know that bit with the dad when they realise, you know, this is probably the last time he's going to see him. Yeah. And it hits everyone in the field? Yeah. That's how sad the Barbie movie is at one stage. Crikey. And that's not me telling you, and I, the story has nothing got to do with that. Right. But that's sadness. That's and sadness. This, this thing that you look at yourself and ask yourself questions, can you, can you reveal? Yeah. It, like... There's one part in it where they're like, you know, if you're a woman, they want you to work, but they don't want you to work too much. But if you if you ask too many questions, you're annoying. If you don't ask too many questions, you're dim. It, um, you can't be tired. You have to have kids. But if you don't want kids, you're judged because you have kids. All the, it, they just they talk about patriarchy, but not in a condescending way. Or when people are going, oh look, it's not preachy now, is it? Not preachy one bit whatsoever. It's just, you will have a think about yourself. You'll think about your mom. If you have a mom that's passed away or a mom that you have now, there is an element of it where you go, I miss my mom. Like it is, I swear to God, it broke me. And I've seen it twice now. Right. Uh, it's funny as well. Okay. It, it, it's, there's parts of it where, like they're in Barbie land. Like the, 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 there's funny things in it where you go like, Barbie can't drink water. And it's her just drinking like an empty cup, pretending it's water. So there is those parts of it. Ryan she, Gosling. She doesn't have kidneys, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got you. You met you met the stars, and this stuff you couldn't give me last week. Yes, so uh, we got the uh, Irish exclusive uh, with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, who I think Ryan's going to get a um, Oscar nom for next year. For He's Barbie. very funny. In it. He's very very funny in it. Very funny in it. An Oscar nomination for I swear Barbie. To God. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. But, Margot Robbie was great. Um, I jump in and I was told a fantastic thing years ago. Every time you do these interviews, you only have six minutes to make a connection. Always say you're Irish. So I said I was from Dublin and this happened. Let's hear that. Guys, um, I came from Dublin yesterday. I love Dublin. Got off the flight. It's such a great place. Oh, Got I've off the flight. Some, I've had a very fun Wednesday night in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Tell us about it. Stayed at a in hostel. Detail. Uh-huh. Um, went on a whim with my housemate and best friend Sophia. We ended up in Dublin, ended up doing a lock-in. It was just the greatest. It's amazing. A lock-in? You've never done a lock-in at a pub here? No. So if you like stay late enough and then they just shut the doors and then you don't have to go home, you just You'd never stay. have to go home? No, you just stay, it's a lock-in. You can stay and keep drinking even past the time when it's meant to shut. You need to come to Dublin. 
<laughs> I think that's even the, even the police were in there with us doing the lock-in. It was so fun. I think I know the pub. It was a it was a Wednesday. What's that main ten? Coppers. No. Or Temple Bar. Temp. Yeah. Is that the area where there's like yeah. all the bars? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Talk about connecting in a way you didn't intend to. Very strange. And she remembered me when I did the red. Sorry, the pink carpet that night. She came over. And I asked a question about uh, Nicola Coughlin. And she's like, I told you earlier on, I love Ireland. And British folk were beside me going, do you know her? And I was like, no. I was like, she just remembers me from being Irish from earlier on that day. Wow. wow. You yeah. were also talking about them. To, they, they were saying how much they want people to see the movie. Yes. Yeah. I have Debbie here now. But I'm just so, I'm so excited that we're finally showing everyone because I do feel like there's been so much anticipation, but it's just also, I feel like we're like giving this, this kind of like gift of like, go watch this, be happy. You, you're going to be so happy when you watch this movie. It's nice to know that. Margot gave me a gift every day on set. <laughs> Uh, it was a long shoot. It was a lot of gifts. But every day there was a <laughs> gift from Barbie to Ken, wrapped in pink paper with a pink bow. And uh, she's just been this. And this film is now. She continues to give to give gifts now to everyone. This film is, Ryan is the ultimate gift. Ryan also gave More me gifts. a gift. He gave me a shirt with a horse on it that said Rolex Thunder. When, crash. You, when you can like lightning, can, you can crash like, like thunder. Yep. And a pair of pink nunchucks and um, a six pack of. Those beers that brisky I've beers. had, yeah, brisky yeah. beers. See, so you Red need holes. to come to Dublin so we get your proper beers like Guinness and all that. That seems to be <gasps> the Guinness, <laughs> lock, Guinness lock, lock me in. The actual Guinness factory. Oh, oh that's so cool. So good. I love Dublin. <laughs> I haven't spent more than twenty-four hours there, and I love the place. I've got an, uh, an image in my head now, Crossy, of Barbie and Ken on the absolute rip around Dublin. I do like it. Imagine a tour of Ireland. In Cork, Murphy's, yes, please. It would be great. Um, you highly, you highly, highly, highly recommend. And I know I sound mad, and I know that you know there's people listening now going, "You are talking about a Barbie movie, and you're saying it's five stars." I just got a text message from a friend of mine. I did a documentary in the UK on this, and he just texted me. He said, "I heard the documentary, watched it the next day, and I agree with you. It's incredible." Wow. Well, you need to watch it. The next time I'm talking to I will, you, no, I, will, I want I will, to hear what I will, you I think promise, of it. I will, I promise. Uh, by the way, one, one, I must correct you again, sir. Oh, Colin, Colin. Colin. When yes, you're yes. talking in Cork, it's Colin. Colin, Colin. <laughs> and what was Shocknessy? Sean, Sean. No, no, that's Shocknessy. That is, is that Shocknessy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was one. Colin. Yeah. No, Colin. It's, there, there are no Nicola Colin. Colin. I'll probably get someone who'll ring up and say, it's Coughlin for me, but for most people. The minute you cross the county bounds, it's Coughlin. Listen, by the way, you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but the whole world is talking about it and talking about, is it Killian Murphy? Killian Murphy is brilliant. Uh, two of my friends have seen it. It's three hours long. Ah. But you don't, I can see that would turn me off, but you don't feel like it's three hours. It's pretty heavy bananas. Matt Damon's in it, Emily Blunt, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has said this is the greatest movie he has ever been in in all time. Robert Downey. Robert wow. Downey said. And that, you know, I, I think you'd have to go and adjust by him. Like, he's now been in I, so yeah. many movies. Yeah, now I, now I want to see it. All right, and uh, this day has been officially now christened Barbenheimer Day. <laughs> great day. Great day. Great day for cinemas. Go support your local cinema. Crossy, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, mate. 0818-96-96-96. The Barbie movie, he says, is five stars. Uh, it's hard to credit it, but... That's what he says. Right, last bit of business. This man is, you're walking since last Monday week. 
The feet are walked off you. Dermot McGann. How are we doing, PJ? How are you? You've just That's arrived right. into Inshagila. From yes. where you're, you're going from where to where? So we're going from Macroom to Bantry this morning, PJ. Right, but overall, yeah. you're going from what, Mallon um, to Mizzen? Mallon to Mizzen, yeah, the, yeah, the full length, yeah. When did yeah. you set out? I set out last Monday week in, in the tent in Mallon Head. Okay. Yeah, so we've walked every day since. And are you on your own? I'm on my own for most, but I have been joined with friends here. Uh, Dick from As I Am is here with me now this morning, doing a small bit of it as well. So it's, it's, it's 90% on my own, yeah. About 27, 28 miles a day. You must be fairly shattered at this stage. What time would you think you'll, when, when do you think you'll get to, to Mizzen? Uh, we'll be in Mizzen hopefully around 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock on Saturday. On Saturday, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, all hopefully. right. What's yeah. it all for, Dermot? So we're just trying to raise a little bit of awareness around autism and the services and stuff like that. You know, and also then just to give a bit of thanks, like we, I have a little boy called Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd be nearly seven now in August, so just a lot of people have, have gone out of their way and gone over and board what they had to do to help him. So just to give a bit of thanks back as well, you know, into the services and stuff. All right, okay. Yeah. The, and I talked to an awful lot of parents of children mm-hmm. with autism, and I have a lad, big strapping man now, he's 25 years autism, mm-hmm. so... This yeah. is very close to my heart. You're and and you're raising money all the way. So can people can people give you cash on the side of the road, or can they yeah. send to send to an Ab- account? What can they do? Absolutely, they can. If they want to give me some, I can put it in for it, or it's going to I donate. So it's walk for talk and I donate. Or then if they want to go onto my Facebook page, Dermot McGann, um, everything is there from every day of the walk and then all the training beforehand and stuff like that. Right. And your own little lad is called Tom. How is he? Tom. Tom is great. Yeah, no bother at all. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he is. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. good luck. And what's the yeah. first thing you want to do when you get to Mizzen Head? Is it stick your feet into a bucket of ice? A bucket of water, a, a bucket of water, a chair, and a bucket of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure someone somewhere will provide you with them all. <laughs> Dermot, yeah. c- congratulations on the achievement. It's huge, and you're doing you're doing something huge for 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 kids like Tom and like others who need a voice up and down the country. That's Dermot McGann, and I think that is it. It is. That's it. Um, Programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. That's me done for a couple of weeks. Uh, leave you in the very capable hands of Mr. Gareth O'Callaghan, who will look after you and mind the shop. Please be nice. Please behave. All right? <laughs> and I will talk to you right back here, bright and early. On the 9th of August, just after nine. See ya. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM.